Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Apothecary Earth now. For the perfect kit and empower yourself. Toll free 866-229-3663. For international callers, 704-875-8010. That's toll free 866-229-3663. Or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis, here on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188. I'm talking to Jim, caller from West Virginia. We've been talking about, oh, the idea that the global warming allegations may be false and simply used as a pretext to gain power over the people of the United States and of the world, and Jim had something he wanted to explain, and Jim, what was that? Well, before I go off on that one, uh, the reason for all this big old meeting over there in Paris, there are two things I feel compelled to mention. Most people do not understand this, but if you have a coal-fired plant, any big coal furnace, you put an oxygen sensor, actually several of them in there, to sense how much oxygen goes up the stack. And you want very little oxygen going up the stack. You do not want an oxidizing environment. Also, if there's, if there's too much oxygen, that means that you're heating air that is not being used to burn coal. So they try to create a stoichiometric burn, which means just the exact right amount of air for that particular BTU content of coal. That said, the coal burning technology is much better now than it was 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, my God. So that's one thing. Another one. Every time that energy gets expensive, the patriot community seems to fall prey to this. All these free energy scams come out. It looks like perpetual motion machines. Forget it. <laughs> um, I've probably, in the last, because I live eating free electronics, I would say in the last 40 years, I've had mm, 
maybe 80, maybe 100 people approach me with at least 35 different wonderful ideas. Of, oh, you do this, that, and the other. And I walked in on one demonstration, man, it was a trip. I won't get involved in the details. Shut that guy down. But at any rate, the story of the cars that run on water will not die. If you take uh, electrodes, put it into water, you'll get hydrogen oxygen. You can burn that, but it takes a little more energy going into that than you get out in the way of hydrogen and oxygen. And there's been all kinds of research which, uh, as soon as the big oil boys get out of the way, maybe we'll see some gold fusion, zero point, renewable, uh, wonderful new energy sources. Well, I'll tell you one uh, thing, and I've, I'll tell you one thing I've talked about on the program, I think in the past time or two. A friend of mine, Terry Lofton, he's passed on. Terry Lofton was buying law books, and he bought them by the truckload when he'd go to go to uh, SMU Law Library when they were having a sale of all the old books. I helped him load a pickup truck bed. The bed filled the bed full of law books. I don't know that he ever read them, but he collected them. He wound up going to an estate sale, and at the estate sale, he had he acquired a three-volume, loosely three loosely folders. All right. Uh, set of the Federal Reserve's operation manual. Now, it was dated, wasn't brand new, but whoever had had that estate must have been connected where they let him take a copy home. If you want to see it now, you can go to the Federal Reserve. You can view the uh, Federal Reserve operations manual, last I heard, for about a half hour. They won't let you take notes. They won't let you make copies. Uh, you can look at it for a half hour. When you get done, put it down. You can come back in a year or so, six months, whatever. You can look at it again. But it's almost impossible to get a copy. He had the copy, and he found, reading it, he found a number of strange things, including at the time that that particular copy, the operations manual, was, was issued, that the Federal Reserve would not approve. They discouraged making loans to people using alternative energy. And the only energy loan, energy industry loans that they would allow were those that were made to coal, oil, or nuclear. And this was back, I mean, this, this took place, I knew Terry back in the 1990s, so it's 20 years ago, and the, and, the, and the operations manual might have been 10 years old at the time. But my point is they were controlling energy production in the United States by determining who would and who would not get loans. Oh yeah. So well I'll take it I'll take it two more steps. Back in the seventies, maybe the eighties, there's some West Virginia boys who were, you know, roughnecks, uh, oil well drilling people. Yep. Uh been around the oil fields. They went out west to drill for uh geothermal energy. And out of nowhere this guy shows up from Washington and says, shut her down. Well, a couple of them West Virginia boys found him in a motel and poured a few drinks in him <laughs> and found out that, well, as people in Congress, uh, the coal, oil, gas people don't want you doing this. So they shut down geothermal at that time. There's also another, I won't go into the details, deal in, the, um, in New England where they're planning on burning wood chips. No, it's like, you know, sawmill waste. And they were going to have a wood grinder for sawmill slabs and grind it up into form a uh, fine sawdust and spray it like you spray uh, coal. Because you can grind coal up face powder fine and just blow it into a fire, okay? Yep. And that got shut down. Matter of fact, Congress even passed a law that nobody could create any more, make any more creosote in America for the environment, of course. And that had to do with the fact that some people were planning on putting together a wood chip fired electric plant, power plant.
two burners on it, one natural gas and the other with the wood chips. That got shut down despite all the money they put into it. So, yeah, it's all about control. Matter of fact, Carbide, uh, during the 70s, my dad was a uh, patent agent for Carbide, okay? And Union Carbide? Yeah, Union Carbide. And incidentally, they were good guys in the chemical industry. They would not produce, knowingly produce, poisons or weapons, but for whatever reasons. They looked into a few things and decided it wasn't worth it to try to go after alternate energy things because they get shut down by the government. But there was, you know, he'd look at all the patents coming across the, you know, showing up every week or so, and, and he'd look for things which, hmm, maybe we can make something out of this. But um, a couple projects were kind of ditched because they said, mm, if we do this, we're inviting God knows what from Justice Department or whatever. Why do you but, think uh, the government is so interested in controlling the amount of energy and the kind of energy that people have access to? You control is economies with energy. You control populations with food. Just a question of controlling the economies. Oh, yeah, it's all about controlling the economy, controlling people. Mm -hmm. It's not about gun control, people control. It's about, uh, not about uh, emissions control, it's about people control. Everything's about people control. Get us out of the cars, like Rockefeller said back in the early 70s. Make a cash of society. It's all about control. That's all it is. All is people control. It's not currency control. It's people control. Everything's people control. I agree. Now, this group of people meeting in Paris, okay, in the simplest explanation, I'd say, and I'm rough numbers here, folks. Please, my memory don't work too good. I've been off the net for two years. Okay, roughly about 150 of the 170 countries, or 170, 190, however many, are controlled by <coughs> counterfeiters, central banks, who work with each other. Now, that is the framework for the one world government. Uh, Joan Vion did a little DVD uh, when, when bankers run the world. But essentially, uh, we're seeing a battle between the devil's currency and God's money is what we're seeing. Yep. And all these people are joined in there in Paris because all the banksters in their little countries, home countries, Federal Reserve is our central counterfeiting operation. They're all run by counterfeiters, pretty much. Well, Syria supposedly doesn't have a central bank run by counterfeiters. That's why they're under attack. But at any rate, that's the deal. They're being black blackmailed. You guys go here and try to shove this thing down their throat or else will crash your economy, because once they get control of the economy, once they get control of the currency and the credit, that's control. And something a lot of people don't even realize about bankers, a small Midwest town, let's say, using that as an example, there's a farmer, he needs to borrow money for fuel in the spring and for seed. Money's tight. And so the bank says, yeah, I'll loan you the money, but you got to buy your farm supplies from Joe's farm supply, not Fred's farm supply. So a lot of times you'll have little tyrannies like this. Mm -hmm. It is innate to banking. And incidentally, if you watch It's a Wonderful Life, yep. that is a bunch of propaganda, folks. Just like To Kill a Mockingbird is a propaganda. But It's a Wonderful Life is propaganda. Because when you take money and put it into a bank, they don't loan that out to somebody else. That's illegal. So just understand that It's a Wonderful Life was a propaganda movie, okay, folks? Just examine it carefully, and you'll see what I'm saying. Well, anyway, a lot he's, of them uh, are. Sir? I, mean, I look back at a lot of movies that I have enjoyed over the years, 
And yeah. as you get older, you begin to realize, you know, that wasn't just entertaining, was it? No, it's programming. It was in a form of a, yeah, that's right. There was a kind of education, a kind of programming there. And I'm not saying that I fell for the programming. I didn't notice I was programmed per se, but I have to admit that they, you know, they appear to be manipulating values. I don't know that you can get away with that. Can you make a movie that doesn't push values one way or the other? I don't know. I don't either. I'll be, I don't think I'll probably. be fairly honest with you. I, 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 if I, I, you were to do Shakespeare, you know. Yeah. But um, all jokes aside, um, until this ruling empire, and it's shooting itself in the foot, I was listening to Lord Monk, and he was there in Paris. He was talking to Alex Jones. And he says he thinks they're pretty much reaching the high water mark of their influence. Because yeah. everybody's seeing through their BS. Yeah. So, you know, if if the Rockefellers didn't control our government, we would have a lot more energy options, and I almost guarantee you there's suppressed energy, which people are not bringing out because they know it would never fly as soon as, as long as the coal, oil, gas, Federal Reserve, like you said, the operating manual, uh, and nuclear, as long as they're together, we're not going to see much uh, alternate energy. So that's my little dissertation on coal. One of these days, I've got an eight or ten point diatribe I'm going to say about corporations masquerading as governments, but that's uh, for another day. I've got time to do a couple of points. Do a couple of points now and save a couple of points for later. Okay. Like if, all, if all Chinese these governments are corporate. a little left over here, we can, we can keep it in the refrigerator and we'll bring it out on Friday or something. <laughs> okay, let's say the EPA is a private corporation. Yeah. Let's say the West Virginia Department of Natural Resources is a private corporation. They can have a contract between the two of them. It's nobody's dang business what that contract says. And there are tons of secret contracts in between government agencies because they're all corporations. Not too many people know that. Very few people uh, do it for what it's worth. Hmm? Guy, another man who passed on, Gary Graham, he was a great researcher. He did some wonderful stuff. He got into the Department of Fish and Wildlife, or the Texas equivalent for that. And what he was surprised to see, he, I don't remember how he got in there, but what he was surprised to see is they had wall-to-wall cabinets, filing cabinets, filled up with contracts where they had entered into contractual relationships with other governmental entities. Uh, yep. They weren't, and the point was, and he saw this back in the 90s, the point was, much very surprising at the time, but these entities were not working together as a government bound by law. They were no. working together as a cartel, essentially, bound by corporate agreements. Well, does the FBI have a license to do business in your state? No. Does the EPA have a license to do business in your state? No. Okay, they're privately traded corporations. Yeah. Corporations are supposed to pay corporate income tax, do they? No. No oversight. No. So no. that's that's a few points. Maybe we'll hit a few yeah, others some other time. Bet that they've got agreements with the they've got their own filing cabinets full of contracts, and some of them are perhaps with the Internal Revenue Service. Yep. They're all corporations. Speculate. Yeah. yeah. So when right. we start seeing that, and tell them, no, Mr. EPA, we don't want to do business with you. Totally, and there's no oversight on them. It's a privately traded corporation, subsidiary of state governments and federal government corporations. When people start seeing through the whole scam, it's got to come apart. I just, 
don't want it to be too violent. But uh, it's all going to come apart, folks. There's no choice. And then maybe we can rebuild from there. It'll take a, maybe a generation or so. Well, does that help? Does that help yeah, a little it does. bit? I think, are, are we talking, if we're going to be rebuilding, do we need to learn how to make stone uh, arrowheads again? Can we start, chip flints, <laughs> start shipping them? We start there and then rebuild the technology? You know, it is strange. Well, depend on our technologies and much of it is submerged it's taken for granted it's not even studied and how many people could build a model a ford right now how many people could build a ballpoint pen oh i understand we we have incorporated the technology but we've lost the understanding of it in many regards i mean if this thing goes down we almost have to start out from a very a surprising low level it's not just a question of put some extra gas in the generator, you're going to have to learn how to rebuild the generator, which means you're going to have to learn how to refine seal and copper and so on. Um, if it goes down, it's a terrible situation. We are, where are we for time? Well, we've got a minute and a half. Anything else you'd like to add before we... Well, there's a little movie I call The Road. It's a scary movie, but it, uh, it may give you a little glimpse of kind of like uh, a Mad Max sort of a thing. The Road. I'll let you go. All right, Jim. Thank you. Appreciate your call. Uh, we are actually we got about 20 seconds left, which means I da 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 All right, I'm Alfred Addis. This is Financial Survival. I hope you will tune again. Tune in again tomorrow when we shall return. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, and Jim from West Virginia. Bye. -bye. All night I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Pain is fast. Still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too fast. In my dream, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have 
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Oh, God. 
afternoon all this is the frank report i'm your host francis stephan you're listening right here on american voice radio network it is tuesday december 1st 2015 it's about seven and a half minutes past noon pacific time if that's when it is where you're at we are in fact live and uh, if we are live where you're at you can call in 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. You can also join us in the chat room, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Uh, you head on in there and you will see the chat link. Click it and uh, you're in there. You can participate in the show from there, ask questions, make comments, just chat with the other folks. You can also contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. My uh, screen name is AVRN Talk. Well, there you have it. All right, so uh, let's see. I guess that's about all other than uh, the only, you know, News really is, uh, you know, hey, it's December, yay. Anyhow, just like every other day, there's lots of bo- lots of news, lots of news, and most of it isn't good, you know. And I know uh, some of you out there, you know, you kind of got the whole toxic shock thing going on with bad news. It depresses you. <laughs> well, you know what? Life's hard and then you die. All right? I've been seeing that in the uh, Patriot Militia, whatever this is called, the Freedom Truth, whatever movement. I don't see much movement. Okay? I don't see much movement. Mostly I see a bunch of crybaby complainers. I'm sorry. I've been at this 20 years. And you know what? 
I don't always feel like uh, looking at bad news and stuff, but you know what? That is what it is. And if you don't like it, then go leave. And I don't mean leave the show. I mean leave. Check out. Take a powder. Call it a day. You know, really. I mean, if you're that sad and miserable, just bye-bye. You know, people complain about bad news. Well, I don't, you know, gosh, I really do wish it wasn't all this bad news. I'd much rather be doing a show about how to build things. You know, how to do stuff, how to how to garden, how to, you know, I know how to do those things. I've done those things here. How to butcher your own animals. I know how to do that. I could do shows on all kinds of stuff rather than bad news. But you know what? You can learn that other stuff somewhere else. But you're not. And I think a lot of people aren't because they don't recognize, they don't realize how bad things really are. That's the value of letting people know about bad news. You can't expect somebody to take action about something they either don't know anything about or they don't take it seriously. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, well, sure. We've always had problems, we've always had problems. It's no big deal. Life goes on. Well, okay. So far. You know, so far. <laughs> but do you know why things have gone on? Because if you look back at even just American society, and this is the American voice, so we, we pretty much focus on that. But, you know, it, it, it applies elsewhere, but we'll just focus on America. We have had a great depression, a huge stock market failure, an economic failure. That's right. Things were different then, folks. Things were different then. Things were very difficult for people in urban areas during the Depression. People were starving, the standing in soup lines because it's all they could do. There were no jobs, no money. They couldn't get they couldn't get the necessities. But guess what? People who lived out on farms sure they noticed the depression, but they had food on their table, they had clothes on their back. It wasn't to them. Guess what? Eh, yeah, problems. We've always had problems. You know, we'll get through this. Everything will be fine. It always is. They could afford to have that attitude because we today would call it, ooh, they were prepared. But basically, they were just living a sensible life. And I don't mean the, these people were saints or anything. They just hey, they farmed the land. They lived out in the country. Everybody had a garden. Didn't matter if you were a farmer. Maybe you worked at the local grocery store in some hick town. Chances are you had a garden at home. Chances are you had some chickens at home. Because you see, people had a mindset back then that look, you can't depend on anybody else. To keep you alive, you got to depend on yourself. You got to set yourself up so you can do these things on your own without any help. Things can go wrong. Stuff can happen. Bad stuff. 
They knew that somehow. And a large percentage of our population lived in rural areas. Everything has flip-flopped now. The most of our population now lives in urban areas. Uh-oh. You know, so if you're one of those people that live in an urban area, well, maybe you're not going to be able to do a guard. Maybe you're not going to be allowed to have chickens. And, you know, when I say not allowed, I don't just, you might be thinking, yeah, well, when the laws break down, I'll do what I want. Okay. But I'm not just talking about laws. In an urban area, you may not be allowed to have chickens or livestock. And what I mean by not allowed, yeah, they have laws now against that. You can't just get a bunch of chickens in New York City or Detroit or anywhere else. Well, maybe in the Muslim section of Detroit, I don't know. But thing is, Okay, so the laws all go away. Oh, guess what? Now, the laws have gone away. All right, so you got a gun and you maybe can protect yourself. Maybe you can't. Then you'll be dead. But let's say you got a gun and you can protect yourself. Can you protect a herd of chickens, too? You won't be allowed to have that because somebody will take it from you or just kill them. So in an urban area, you're going to have to think a little differently. You ought to be thinking about maybe finding some new place to live that's not so urban. But if you can't do that for whatever reason, then you need to still think about, well, how am I going to get through this? I can't have chickens. I can't have a garden. What can I do? Well, you can fill your closet with buckets of beans and rice. Okay? You can buy powdered eggs. You can buy dried vegetables. And you can store them. Oh, and you better have some water, too. And it'd be pretty smart to have a way to filter water. Because you might be able to take your you know, bucket or jug or whatever down the street and get some water from somewhere. But it may be uh, pretty nasty, and if you drink it, you'll be sorry. But if you have a way to filter that water, whether it's through some filtering device or distillation or whichever, hey... You may be able to survive because you know what? If you can survive even just a month, your chances every day you can survive. Your chances of continuing that increase. You know, just saying. But why would you do that? I mean, why would you do that? Why would you prepare? Why would you take up valuable closet space where you could put, uh, well, hey, surveillance Barbie dolls. You could collect those and stuff your closet full of those. Yeah, why would you, why would you store food if you didn't know there was something wrong? If you didn't realize how really bad things are and how on the edge this whole civilization not just this country this whole civilization because see they have they have another problem that's different now is yeah countries fell Europe had a depression and all that but uh, the thing is 
you know, people traded money and traded goods and all that stuff, and they and it affected each other. But globalization has now been infiltrated uh, into a point where, okay, wait a minute here. I'm going to have to just uh, find out what I'm doing here. I'm trying to get uh, Al from Colorado on here, and I'm having a bit of a snafu. But I'll figure it out here momentarily. But the fact is, we are now globally entangled to the extent where if one goes down, it is really the dominoes start falling. Sad to say, but that's the way it is. And uh, it's going to be pretty bad worldwide. And you got to know this, because if you don't, then there's no reason for you to prepare. None whatsoever. And that's the value of bad news. Bad news can perhaps, maybe, possibly, hopefully, alert people who would otherwise not know how bad things are and that there is really a necessity to take steps to survive through this on your own without any government help because they ain't coming to help you. Anyway, we got Al on the line now. Welcome, Al. I've been here waiting on you. Yeah, well, I was having a little trouble here, but I finally got you. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't realize. I thought maybe it was a rerun or something. Well, our friend Barry is now in Paris, shooting his mouth off, acting like a jerk. No, he's not acting, Al. Oh, he's actually being. Okay, well, he's, he is he's a being jerk. his normal self. Okay. Yeah, he, he is a jerk, Al. I mean, oh, this <laughs> is the Barry who's just given a half a billion dollars to the Syrians, uh, another half a billion dollars away. I don't know if you saw that one or not, Frank. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stories out there now. And, you know, I mean, to me, these stories have been out there, but they're starting to get they're starting to get played in the in the bigger outlets, let's put it that way. You mean in the pre- prostitute media? Is that who you're talking about? Well, not quite yet Fox News, right? But almost. But in bigger... Uh, well, like this. Okay, there's a video out there yeah. that describes and shows ISIS serving the interests of Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Well, well, my understanding is that ISIS is selling its oil on the black market through Turkey. Why aren't we bombing Turkey then? Because they're just as much an enemy as ISIS is now, aren't they, okay. Frank? Here's the thing. Now, we look at this, and this is, this is where people's ignorance makes headlines that actually do tell you something yeah. meaningless. Okay, ISIS is serving the interests of Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Okay, well, people go, them damn Turks, those rotten ragheads, those dirty, lousy, rotten Turkeys and Saudi Arabians, boy, are they, they, we ought to do something about them, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, guess what, Al? Who is the biggest ally and, uh, you know, militarily and financially of Turkey and Saudi Arabia? We are. Hey, good guess. Yes, that's right, we are. So if ISIS is serving the interests of Turkey and Saudi Arabia, then we must also conclude that ISIS is also serving the interests of the United States government. Imagine our surprise, Frank. Yeah, why isn't Barry and Hitler in jail then, Frank, huh? Jail? 
you know, we are getting this is out. You realize this is a this is a yeah. You, this could be World War Three. Uh, Barry wants it, uh, 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 Frank, because I don't think he wants to leave next November. I really don't. Well, I'll tell you what. Melissa agrees with you. She has been saying that for a while. She doesn't think there's going to be an election. I'm beginning to think, based upon what I'm seeing now, and uh, the only one who's really doing anything is old Vladimir. He's the only one who's stepping up to the plate, it seems. Am I right or wrong, Frank? Well, it seems that way for right now. Anyway, I don't know if he... And, and, you know, Putin is is an odd... He's diff, for me, anyway, he's difficult to figure out. I mean, some people either love the guy or other people think, ah, he's just a commie, you can't, you know, he's in on the New World Order, too. And either one could be true. I don't really know because the guy, to me, is confusing. He's sending mixed signals is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, he seems, he really does seem, what he does seem, he seems he has Russia's best interest in whatever he does. Whether it's, hey, this Ukrainian thing, this is our stance. This Turkey thing, this ISIS thing, whatever it is, seems to be in the interest of Russia. But, Mm -hmm. But... what seems to be may not be. I see. I don't know if Vlad is playing along with the new world order plan because I can't see how World War Three is in anybody's interests. No, absolutely not. Oh, the, yeah, the arms makers—they want it, Frank. The boys making the arms and the bombs and the planes and the tanks and the guns. Well, you're pretty dang That's... short-sighted to think that you're going to be selling arms when you're dead. Yeah. I well, mean, because if we... well, they're going to try to sell as many arms as before they can get dead, Frank, and then they'll worry about it, and then they'll probably go to their underground bunkers somewhere. Oh, yeah. That now they've already got now set up. A... They're not worried about dying, Frank, because they've got their bug-out places to go to. Yeah, that's a with. swell life, Al. How would you like that? Yeah, I don't Well, care. Frank, I guess if the... you want to live underground for 30 years, I guess it's not so Yeah, bad, let me destroy the world so I can go be, uh, you know, I can go live with the mole people. Yeah, be a mole for the next 30 years, Frank, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good plan either, Al. I mean, these No, well, I'll tell you what, it's nobody's interest, But then again, Al, could it be? Could it be? And I know things can get out of control and things can go wrong, so that's really the danger in my mind. But could it be this whole build-up, like, okay, look, uh, dummies, look, we're about to go to World War III. Look, 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 look. Is it, could it just be hype? To get everybody all wound up so they can spring some, oh, we have a great solution, Al. It, uh, and all it's going to require is you give up all your rights and everything you own. Oh, yes, and we want your kids to go in the military, Frank, to oh. uh, die for us, too, Frank. We need your kids in the military, Frank. Well, it's for their own good, Al. Well, it's but they'll have children. jobs, Frank. Frank, they'll have your kid can't find a job. They're coming out of high school or... They've been four years wasting money in college, and, uh, well, we'll, give, we'll put them in the military, Frank, so they have a job, right? Well, that's true. That's true, see? It's, it's all for the children, Al. I think what they're really doing, Frank, and tell me if I'm a little off base here, but because the economy is really tanking, uh, we got to get the sheep's mind off the money, Frank. we got to give them something else to worry about rather than uh, they haven't got a job. That's I, This is what I'm saying, that... You know, a lot of this, is it real? Are we really 
on the edge of World War III, or are they just making it look like we are so they can take our little minds off of our troubles and go, oh, boy. Oh, Frank, you don't have a job? You've been out of work for six years? Frank, never mind, Frank. We've got, we got a job for you and your kids in the military, Frank. Sure, to take care of those dirty, rotten whoever, the, the Russians, the Turks, the, the whoever, whoever we decide is the dirty, rotten whoever's that we need to take care of. Oh, Frank. Uh, for uh, America, you know. Al, for America. Oh, wait a minute, Frank. We have to have an enemy to justify all this, quote, military spending, end quote, Frank. Al, they have never justified. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I want to see this trick, Al. You justify... A four hundred thousand dollar helmet for an airplane that doesn't work. Oh even well, work. Frank, I'm not talking about the stupid <laughs> helmet. I'm talking about well, we got to protect the country, Frank. I know, but you know what? You talked about justifying the uh, you know military spending. Really, they never justify anything because there is no just. Really, you have an airplane that you've spent trillions of dollars, a trillion dollars on already that doesn't even work, and. You, you're going to get a $400,000 helmet for Oh, pilots. wait a minute. You think that's bad, Frank? They just scrapped, what, 16 of those KC-130s uh, that they spent a half a billion dollars on for $32,000? 16 planes were turned into $32,000 worth of scrap, you think? Yeah. Who, who'd they sell those to? Oh, uh, they sold those. That they were based in Pakistan, or they were stored in Pakistan. They were going to use them against somebody, and then they decided, uh-uh. We got to turn them into scrap. Oh yeah, I wonder who owns the scrap business. Yeah, probably some relative of some probably one of Hitler's uh, one of Hitler's friends, or who knows, or Barry's friends, who knows. Hey, did you see that thing about Hillary? Now they've uh, gotten some more uh, emails. They've gotten some more emails from her, but uh, we still want to know the big question, and maybe Mel can answer this: Is why isn't Hitler still in jail? Yeah, well, that that is the sixty-four dollar question, but. One thing they did find out that I found very interesting, because, you know, most of this has been about, okay, was there classified stuff on your private servers? Because that's... Probably, you know, probably. Well, they, have, they found tons of it, okay? They have found hundreds of classified documents on our mm -hmm. server already. So it's like, yeah, okay, obviously you broke the law. You broke the yeah. law several different ways. By even, having, ways from Sunday. by even having private servers when the servers at the State Department were fully operational and available to her is, is a violation right. of law. The only time you're allowed to have a private server in that is when their servers don't work and you've got to communicate. And that makes sense. Okay, fine. I, I work at the State Department. I got things to do, right? I got people I got to talk to. Oh, the servers are down. Well, guess what? I'm going to go to Hotmail, and I'm going to, I'm going to contact these people somehow and say, look, our servers are down and blah, 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 whatever. We're going to do business, and I get that. Yeah, but I don't need a server in my house to do business with because I can go to the public library and do it well, too, Well, even right? if I did it at my house, once those servers come back on, I'm to download all my data, and I'm to give it to the State Department so they can put it in their data. Hillary didn't do any of that. Hillary opened up her own servers when she had full access to State Department she servers. She had no business even putting a server in her house unless but, she was going to use it for private information. Sure. Her own. But her, then there's another law. If you do, you're not allowed to have classified information. Basically, Al, they've written the law so that, look... You're in the middle of talking to some other country. You know, you're at the State Department. Yeah. And their servers go down. You're allowed yeah. to contact them through a private server and say, look, you know, the company servers are down. 
Uh, we'll have to conclude this, uh, you know, when they come back up or whatever. And yeah. if we're not talking about something classified, we can do that. But any classified stuff? We're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait. That's right. You're going to have to wait until the server comes back on the State Department. So she's got that. There's two laws she broke. But now, Al, what I found interesting about what they found in these uh, new emails, they say that these emails contradict her testimony before Congress in the Benghazi hearing. Oh, well, we already knew she lied about Benghazi, Frank. Well, that's not that's not news. We suspected, but now... Oh, Al, no, Frank, I knew she was lying as soon as she opened up her mouth. Frank, well, she was, yeah, but Al, that did, come on. What hasn't she lied about? That's a much <laughs> shorter anything list. anything she hasn't lied about. <laughs> that's a real guess short what, list. guess what, Frank? What? It is break time already. Well, that, that's what happens. But anyway, we'll be back in a few. Everybody stay right where you're at. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. 
some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Stop. 
All right, we're back. You hear that? That that click in the uh, record there? Yeah, well, my vinyl got scratched. Uh, anyway, this is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stefan. It's Tuesday, December 1st, 2015. It's about 12.39 out here on the Pacific Time Coast, 800-932-1980s. The call-in chat room's at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Head on in there. Participate in the show, chat with the other folks, whichever, whatever, up to you. You can also contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. AVRN Talk is the screen name. We got Al from Colorado on for the lightning round. Welcome back, yes, Al. And here's a good question for you, Frank, to start off the rest of the show here. Why isn't Mr. Erdogan and his son being called war criminals? Hmm? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why aren't they in jail, huh? Mr. Erdogan of Turkey and his son. Well, he may end up worse than in jail. He may end up dead. Oh, you mean he might have his head chopped off. Is that what we're saying? Okay. You know, because, uh, well, he, listen, you know, Russia's not going to fool around if they find out, and they say they've got proof. Now, they, they say... Well, they, I'll tell you what, the fact that ISIS is selling the oil to Turkey, and even at under-market prices, so they're, they're cutting the rest of uh, the... They're undercutting the other uh, sellers so they can get money to keep funding their garbage, okay? How about the people selling stuff to ISIS? Shouldn't they be in jail too, Frank, huh? No, oh, well, now the whole Pentagon and the White House has to go to jail. And uh, Oh, well, then I'm sorry, Frank. You can't have it both ways, Frank. It's either, you know, sauce for the goose or sauce for the gander, right? <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, uh, Dean, I mean, Dean, Al, Dean. is that uh, <laughs> I'm looking at an email here. I'm trying to, you know, clear some of this stuff off of here. But anyway, the uh, thing is, the <laughs> well, okay, what... What government official in which country should be the one not to go to jail? I mean, <laughs> again, we're with question. the short list. Because if we're going to start doing, well, who needs to go to jail? Oh, my gosh. You better get ready for a long Well, list let's put here. it this way. Barry and Hitlery and Daddy Bush and Billery and Hillary and all the rest of them should have been in jail long ago. I think all of them. Well, yeah, and you see the the the... the the reason why is really, okay, yeah, they broke the law, you should be held responsible, but hey, there's a bigger thing here. If these people would have been put to jail when they should have gone to jail for first yeah. breaking the law, they wouldn't be around breaking the law now. I think the only reason Hillary has gotten away with not being prosecuted is because she was the wife of a U.S. president, and that's the only reason. Well, and sadly... Now, there's a lot of women out there that say they don't support Hillary, and, and you well, know, that's hey, good. you know, that they're not going to just vote for somebody because they're the same gender as them, and I get that, and then there's other women who, who, who know, will, but, but that's, they're not the majority, do you know what women, you know what the thing with Hillary and women are? It's not just that she's a woman. They feel sorry for her because her bad husband cheated on her. Oh, Captain Billy cheated on her, so now we're going to get back and we're going to support you by supporting you. We're uh, going to go against Bill, uh, Billy Boy. That's right. It's like a woman's support group. Okay? Oh, Where, oh, man, is that ever a wrong? ridiculous?
ridiculous. If that was ever a ridiculous reason, Frank. Well, it's what's going on, Al. And the thing is, these people oh. are ignorant to the fact, and they don't want to believe it, and they don't want to hear it. It's just some tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist nut telling them that, hey, guess what? Yeah, Bill cheated on Hillary. Hillary's got girlfriends. She's a lesbian. Come on, man. Well, Hillary's a, uh, Hillary is a switch hitter. She goes both ways. I don't, yeah. I'm not so sure she goes both ways. I think she goes one way, and it ain't our way. No, I'm told she goes both ways. I've heard. I'm just telling you, know you what, what I've just read or heard. She, just because she pumped out one puppy doesn't mean that she goes both ways. Well, that's a possibility, too. Who knows no. with Hillary? The thing uh, is, it's it's like this woman has ingratiated herself to a whole population that is nothing but emotion-driven. Yeah. That's why Hillary isn't in jail. That's why Hillary is a lot... Al, she's not only not in jail, she's the front-runner Democratic candidate to be president of the United States, for crying I out loud. I still say that Donald can beat both her and uh, Bernie with both hands tied behind his back. Well, I, I, you know, if he keeps up... I'll tell you what I think will happen, if Frank. He doesn't if do Ber really if Bernie out. does secure the nomination of head of Hitlery, uh, I don't think there'll be any problem with the Donald winning. However, if it's Hitlery against the Donald... He will get the popular vote, but guess what? We got that good old standby for Hitler. He called the, uh, the what do you call it? the college? Yeah, the electoral college. The electrical college, I call it. Yeah, and either Hitlery, if she doesn't win the popular vote, she'll get it from the electoral college. That's what I'm afraid of. Well, I think Trump can get either if he doesn't do something stupid. Stupid. Which he can. Well, he's starting to talk out of both sides of his mouth now, and I'm getting a little nervous, but, he, you know... Well, that ain't going to do anything. I mean, geez. I mean, if he didn't talk out of both sides of his mouth, the American people would start going, why are you running for president? Oh, I mean, how yeah. can you well, be we president? You've got to be like the rest of the prostitutes. Uh, you got to yeah. <laughs> How can you be president if you're not talking out of both sides of your yeah. mouth? Oh, I mean, we can't on. have an honest guy in there. That wouldn't look good. That wouldn't no, look good I, on know, I wouldn't go all that far to say Trump is an honest guy, okay? He's a real estate Tycoon from New York City. You know, honesty in that, not so much. Well, let's put it there. this way. I'm sure he's done a few shady things in his life, too, that he doesn't want anybody to know. I'm sure he has. Well, you know, the thing about the shady stuff Trump has done, and I don't know, I don't have any inside information, but I would assume that, you know, it's probably shady, and it's probably something that, you know, wow, people would go, ooh. But... It's also something that I think Trump could stand up and say, well, yeah, you know, I wasn't going to tell you about that, but yeah, I did that. Business is business. See, Trump, well, what did Trump say when they said, well, now you got, you've taken money from uh, Democrats, Donald. He said, I take money from everybody. I give money to everybody is what it was. He's, oh, you've supported Democratic candidates. And he told them flat out, I give money to anybody who asks for it. And the reason why is because, you know what, they might win. He's looking for favors from both sides, and he's That's looking right. for the favor from the winning side. He doesn't care who wins as long as he gets his favor. That's right. Seriously. He told the American people the truth about that when he was pushed. Hey, you've given money to Democrats. 
Yeah, that's oh, right. The latest, money the latest statement that he saw the Arabs cheering. You know where he saw them cheering? He didn't see them cheering on the banks of New, of New Jersey. He saw them on television because they put it all over the teeth, the idiot right. box. Yeah, they did. That's where he saw it. He, he misspoke when he said he saw them in New Jersey. No, he didn't see them in New Jersey. He saw them on the TV celebrating all over the world. Well, and they That's may have what... been in New Jersey, too, because there were... Well, they may have been some of them in New Jersey, too, but most of them were, were seen on the idiot box, Frank. Well, sure, I saw them. You they saw them. They Muslims cheering all over the world, and they... They televised it on the idiot box right after 9-11. Yes, yeah. they did. But not for long, Al. No, they didn't. Not for long. But oh, and there. by the way, we've got, Barry's just left another 17 jihadists into the country. I don't know if you saw that one. No, Blake. I didn't. I didn't. I missed yes, that. Yes, and they're claiming they've, they're claiming they've been vetted. Yeah, sure. By who? All these guys who, uh, who uh, uh, um, gave aid to al-Qaeda. Yeah, they've mean, been vetted. Wait a minute. Vetted by who? The guy who wrote a book? They vetted by Uncle Sam's idiot. Yeah, That's who when, by the guy who wrote a book that said if the political winds turn ugly, he'll side with the Muslims? That guy? Yep. Is he the one yeah, that vetted probably the guy. that's probably the guy that vetted him, yeah. You know, because I'm not confident if that's the truth. You know, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, is there another, is there, can we get a second opinion here? Now, how about a third or a fourth opinion, Frank, maybe? Yeah. But, you see what's happening in Sweden and Germany and France where these yep. Muslims are coming in and raping the women? Yep. Well, you know what? Well, you know, if the Swedes want to be stupid, they don't have boomers either over there. That's no. unfortunate. Neither do the French or the English. Well, what's going to end up happening, Al, is that they're going to push these people. And i, I got to think this is part of their plan, because who in their right mind would allow this to happen to this extent without saying, okay, listen, we got to stop this. we gotta, we got to tell these Muslims, listen, you're either going to live by our way or you're leaving, and, you know, the government has to do that. But they're not. They're saying, oh... No, 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 you've got to take them in. You've got to, you know, well, eventually the people are going to rise up. because People you know, are going to say enough of this. You can take uh, you people's know guns away, and you can socialize them all you want, but and, and they'll take more, okay? They'll take more. I mean, Americans are taking a whole lot more right now than they would yeah, have Yeah, but eventually the straw is going to break the camel's back. Sure, here, now think it's about it, Al. Do you think America would have taken this in 1950? Do you think Americans... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I'm tired of seeing all the bankers get knocked off. It's maybe time for a few politicians to get disappeared. Well, a I'm whole never... bunch of the right ones. Well, I'm never going to get tired. And I'm never going to mention any names, but if the politicians start disappearing and, oh, what happened to this guy? What happened to that guy? Uh-oh, maybe they might get the... Uh, Message that guess what we're tired of your laws. Well, and I, I, you know, I wouldn't cry about that. But Al, I gotta admit, I, I'm never gonna get tired of bankers disappearing. Well, the same for <laughs> the politicians far. and the bureaucrats too. Well, well, that's true, but they I just don't. arrested some guy in France because he uh, he blew the whistle on something. The French government just arrested him for something. I forgot what it was. I don't know. He uh, blew the whistle on the French government, uh, something to do with ISIS or something, and they arrested him. Oh, there you go. Well, well, we can't have you telling the truth here, Frank. The people might get upset if we hear, start hearing the truth. You think, Frank? Well, We've got we to keep the lies up, right, well, Frank? I, look, you'd have to be, and, and a lot of people fit this bill, 
But you'd have to be a moron, Al, not to realize that, hmm, the governments of both, you know, the United States and the governments of Europe that are allowing these so-called refugees into their country are doing so not out of the goodness of their heart. Oh. They're doing it to destabilize the country. They're doing it to bring the country down. And, And, you know, you gotta go, well, wait a minute. Now, these guys, don't they work for us? Aren't these French people? Aren't these American people? Oh, wait people? a minute. Did you hear the best about Barry? He is now threatening the governors of the states who are refusing entry to the refugees. We're going to cut off your money. And the state should be saying, fine, stick it where the sun doesn't shine. That's what the governor should be telling Barry. Yeah, and we're cutting off your money. There yeah. Will, there will not be one tax return sent out of this state to That's you. right. That's what they tell Barry. Barry thinks he's the king of the world for some strange reason here, Barry. You know, I, I <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the and the people of the states, but the, the problem is, Al, most of the people on what kind of, whichever, you know, you name it, what kind of assistance they're on from the government, and there's lots of it, not just oh, welfare. Oh, you mean the ones on the public dole? You well, mean the yeah. welfare? Well, hey, there's welfare, there's food stamps, there's unemployment, there's Social Security, there's all Well, kinds they're of not going to complain against as long as Sammy keeps taking care of them and that's washing right. them behind. That's right, but here's the thing. Right? These people live in states. If they say, okay, that's it. Nobody in your state's getting their Social Security check tomorrow. Nobody's getting their food stamps in your state tomorrow. Al, the problem is the federal government has... Uh, pauperized. They've made everybody a pauper. Well, they've made everybody a ward of the state or dependent on the state is what they've done, Frank. Well, everybody in America is a bankrupt. I don't care if you've got a a, a pocket full of Federal Reserve notes. That's war script. That's not money. You're a well, bankrupt. You've got toilet paper, Frank. Yes, it buys, but it's it's worthless. It's it's just paper is all it is. Well, it's a ba- we're all bankrupts. We're all debtors. Wait a minute, and you know what, Frank, the, you know what the every day, is? Frank, when you go to Satanway or I go to Satanway, we, we legally steal their food now, don't we, Frank? We steal the stuff in the stores legally. Well, yeah, but they stole it from somebody else, who stole it from somebody else, who stole it from somebody else. Everybody is stealing anything. from everybody else, Frank, is what it boils down to. nobody's paying for anything because we don't have any money. We're bankrupt. Right. You know, so the thing is, a bankrupt has no rights. And they're going, all right, well, hey. So, Al, they've created a situation where in most states, right around 50% of the population is on some sort of welfare. And I do count Social Security as welfare. And don't give me that claptrap that you paid into it. No, you didn't. You paid a supplemental federal tax. That's what the Supreme Court ruled. Just like, hey, you think you're paying for health care? No, you're not. You're paying another federal tax. That's all you're doing. Oh, yeah, the Supreme Court ruled on that, too. They're nothing but taxes. Because you know well, what? what? They lied to you and said that's your little personal bank account, sure. Frank, and when you become 65, you get to steal from it now. Sure, and they lied to you and said, Al, oh, you're going to get free health care, and all you got to do is pay some more taxes. Yee, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, Al. good luck, Frank, yeah. You're not guaranteed any health care. It's just a new Wait tax. Wait a minute, Frank. Barry's health care is going goodbye next year, coming in a good in four weeks. This new thing starts on January 1st, and guess what, Frank? Nobody he has these huge premiums to pay because they're all tapped out. They have no money, Frank. Yeah, but guess what, Al? When the health care runs out, 
the tax will remain. Well, if people don't have the toilet paper to give to Sammy, how are they going to pay it, Frank, is my good question to you. Well, maybe you'll have to if go to If you don't have out. any money in your pocket, Frank, or your, quote, bank account, how are you going to give it to Sammy, Frank? Maybe, huh? maybe you'll have to go to jail, Al, and work at a prison factory. Oh, wait a minute, Frank. Your if you're in Illinois and you've been in jail in Illinois now, they want your money. They want you to pay for yep. your incarceration. I saw that. I did see that you one. Did see that. They're, they're suing inmates for their stay in prison. What kind of stupid? I thought that the sheep of Illinois, the tax-paying sheep of Illinois, were paying for that, weren't they? Weren't they supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Isn't yeah. That you what their tax people. money was going for incarceration? Well, hey, you want to lock people up, it's your responsibility to take care of them, not their own. They're not there voluntarily. You can't say, oh, uh, you know, okay, Al, what if I well, come by your house and say, Al, uh, hey, that's, hey, I see you've got a car in your driveway there. Uh, oh, we're going to take your car, Frank. Is that no, what well, we're I'm gonna... not going to take your car, Al. Every month, though, you're going to have to pay me uh, 400 bucks a month uh, rent for your car. Oh, is that what it is now? Okay. I mean, really, Al, because you know why? I need it. And uh, whatever. You know, but the yeah, thing well, is, Al, if, good you, luck. if you don't agree to a debt, you don't owe a debt. This is a concept that is ancient. Somebody ought to ask the IRS the real good question that I've never heard anybody ask in the last 30 years. Did I borrow this money from you guys? Is there a contract with my name that says I borrowed this amount of money you say I owe? Well, I've got nobody's a, ever nobody's ever asked that question, Frank. Al, I, I think I have even a better question. Not did I? Do you have a contract? Do you have my signature? It's is there any money for you to loan me in the first place? What did you loan me exactly? Oh, you mean like the credit card companies? Well, no, like anybody. Okay, let's say I go to the bank and I go, uh, how about a loan? And they go, sure, we'll loan you the money. Okay, great. I walk up to the counter and they hand me a fistful of bill, you know, notes, right? Well, yeah, what did you just loan me, Al? You didn't loan me anything. What you loan me, what, what does a Federal Reserve note represent? Nothing. It represents debt. Debt, yes. So you loaned me some debt? And what do I... Okay, fine. I'll pay you back in debt. If you loaned me debt, I'll pay you back in debt. How's that going to work, Al? Yeah, it's going to work, crazy. Frank. It's, it's, they, see, the fact is, it doesn't matter what you sign, what there is. There ain't no money. They didn't Honey, loan you, you anything. You ain't got no money. They That's don't right. have You've anything to loan. You've got these pieces of paper in your wallet, Frank, these worthless pieces of paper that Sammy says you, uh, that the, uh, the uh, storekeepers have to take it. Well, yeah, yeah. What is going to happen, Frank? Every storekeeper in America should say, guess what, Frank? You got that toilet paper? I want the yellow and the gray stuff, Frank, or you can't have your groceries, Frank. How about it, Frank? Well, it, it it may come to that, and and they might. Uh, maybe say, hey, it needs to come to that, yeah, Frank. Look, That's a I, shame. I, hey, I can uh, I can give you some food. Uh, you, maybe you don't even have to have gold or silver. Maybe you could come in there and say, "Hey, I got two brand new shovels here. What can I get for that?" 
And they, oh, they, here we go with the barter. So that's going to be real. Oh, Frank, I just can't wait for the barter system. Oh, Frank, you got two shovels, and I've got the potatoes. But guess what, Frank? I got all the shovels I need. Frank, well, you take that, that's true. So I might have to go find somebody who needs shovels. So that's they right. Me yeah, that's going to be fun, Frank. After you go through three thousand people uh, trying to see if they need shovels or not. Well, Al, you know the good thing, the bright side of it is, you ain't going to have nothing else to do all day except survive. So you'll have plenty of time to find people to trade with, because you ain't going to be sitting in front of the tube watching TV. There ain't going to be no tube, Frank, because there's not going to be any electricity. You know, so, hey, there's the happy side. You'll have plenty of time for that. Oh, yeah. Boy, it's... You won't have to worry about dancing with the stars, because like I said, no TV, no internet, no electricity, no gas, Frank. Yeah, but I'm sure you've read the stories about internet addiction. What are all oh, these boy, they're going to go they're yeah. going to go crazy what? Frank when the net goes down aren't they Oh hey no cell phone no internet oh my gosh no no television Oh wait a minute Frank no Sunday overpaid jockstrap football sports <laughs> Oh no sports Frank hey. oh, oh, oh. How about them Broncos huh Hey they beat New England which I thought they should have lost that game Well hey you know what are you going to do, Frank? It's all fixed, as you said, Frank. It's a fixed ball game. Well, I don't, I don't, you know what? I don't know that it is, but I don't doubt that it is. Put it that way, because there, yeah, I've, I have watched some really strange things happen that are like. Tell me about me? it. So whatever. Don't well, want guess what, Frank? We're out of time. Man, what is with the time, Al? I mean, it just keeps. Well, we lost the first here. twenty minutes of the show, Frank. So what? Yeah, I was thing? here, and and it still went fast. Jeez. Whatever. All right. Well, hey, whatever. I'll we'll see you see next, you next week. week, Frank. All right. See you. Bye-bye. All right, folks. I'll be back again uh, tonight. Coming up next is financial survival. After that, don't forget, it's Tuesday, new time, new time, condition critical with Jay Shanahan. Also, same time on Thursdays, new shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, meaning both are live. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Heard it through the grapevine, my new neighbor don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotty pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
gentlemen, I'm Alfred Adisk, and this is Financial Survival for Thursday night, second day of December, year of our Lord, 2015. Oh, I've got a bunch of news, of course. Everybody's been watching, trying to find out what's going on in San Bernardino, California. We'll talk about that shortly. First, we'll talk about the, uh, point out what's happened on the markets today. Gold was down $15.60, almost 1.5%, to $1,054.20 per ounce. Uh, silver was down $0.19 cents to $14.07 an ounce. Platinum was down 8 bucks to $834 an ounce. Palladium was down $12 to $530 an ounce. It was all around a bad day for precious metals. But it wasn't that good for anybody else either. Dow Jones is down 156, 159 points to 17,730. NASDAQ is off 33 points to 5,123. Uh, New York Stock Exchange is down 130 points to 10,389.20. Um, where are we? The U.S. dollar index is the only indicator I'm looking at right now that was up uh, during the day today. Um, and it was up, well, it's actually up after. It's up 10.10 now. It's, it's uh, 100.12 on the U.S. dollar index. Crude oil is $40.13 per barrel. Um, I don't know. What happened today? What happened today to push the markets? Almost all of them went down with the exception of the U.S. dollar. And it's difficult to know what's happened to make the U.S. dollar a stronger currency today. Does anyone know? I don't. There's a certain amount of randomness in all of this. There's a certain amount and certainly unpredictability, volatility. But still, it would be nice if you could look for reasons and actually find them in a way that was somewhat convenient you know, and credible. Not just convenient, but credible. Because, oh, that's why that... Uh, oh, we can look back. I don't trust... I, I don't really trust technical analysis. I don't trust the charts. And a lot of people rely on them, and they may be wise to do so. But my... My reading of the markets is that it's not easy to be confident that you're getting a fair market indicator, a number. And the number that's up there, is that the real number? Is that a manipulated number? <clears throat> you know, if the numbers are manipulated, and a lot of people, including myself, think they are, what, by, what value can you place on charts? Following the charts, oh, the Dow Jones is up X number of points today, or it's down X number of points. What does that mean if the numbers are manipulated? The most you might be able to deduce from those numbers is there are people in positions of power <laughs> that want you to think something, one thing or another. So, oh, my gosh, the markets are getting better. Or, oh, my gosh, the markets are not getting better, they're getting worse. But are the indicators, are you being educated by the, by the indicators, or are you being indoctrinated? Are you being formed, or are you being deceived? 
And insofar as the indicators lay the foundation for the charts, you know, I'm worried about it. I don't doubt that the charts have a certain amount of value. They can tell you what is happening, all right? Even if it's some invisible hand is causing the numbers to rise and rise or fall at a particular rate to a particular level, they're causing that to happen. Well, it's not the free market that's creating those numbers. But nevertheless, the markets are being created and presumably created, the numbers are being created by people in positions of power who have enough power to manipulate the numbers today and presumably will have enough power to manipulate the numbers tomorrow. So does it make a difference whether we're using real numbers or manipulated numbers, whether we're getting our information from the free market or we're getting our information from the central planners in Washington, D.C.? Does that really make a difference? I mean, if you follow the numbers and you follow the charts, what difference does it make whether they are controlled by central planners, free market, or whether Jupiter is in Taurus or someplace. What difference does it make? I think it makes a difference, but I have to admit maybe I'm mistaken about that. Maybe, what difference does it make? You know, it's like playing dice with loaded... It's like shooting craps with loaded dice. Who cares if you know that the dice are loaded to come up a particular number? Well, you can make your bets, and you can win, and you can win, and you can win, and you can win. And a lot of people sit back and say, what, what difference does it make whether they're coming up seven just because they're loaded or because I'm lucky or because God is on my side or because <laughs> Saturn is in the constellation of Taurus? What difference does it make? The point is I'm winning. And I think the difference it makes is that in the final analysis, we want to believe we're living in a country that is based on a measure of honesty and integrity. And that means some of us have to take our losses from time to time, and we have to take them with a certain amount of good cheer, no matter how difficult they may be. We've got to understand that this is the real world, this is truth, this is life. And some of us go up and some of us go down, and that's just the way the world really is. We have to value that honesty and that integrity, in my opinion. We have to value it more than just winning and putting more money in your bank account. And I know that a lot of people listening say, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> as if we could as if we could listen, value something more than money going into our bank account. This radio person is nutty. Well, even so, you know, uh, it still seems to me that we would be better off living in a world where maybe the game wasn't rigged. And maybe it was based on truth rather than central planning. And the truth might not be as much fun exactly, but there's something about central planning, fixing the game, rigging the markets. It makes you wonder, are you really living your life? Huh? Is this your life or 
is this something else? Is this is this somebody else's life? Is this something that's been fixed and planned? And you're just kind of going along for the ride, and they've provided this ride. Here, climb on, and we're going to keep you happy, fat, dumb, and happy. And we're never going to tell you the truth. And when you finally die, you will never have known the truth or even experienced the truth to any meaningful degree. Is that the way we want to live? Or do we want to live in a world where we have to deal with truth? Truth is there. We can count on the truth and sometimes accept the fact that that truth is going to be unpleasant and even painful. I'm inclined to proceed after the truth. I would like to live in a world where the truth was something we could rely on. We live in a world where you can't. Markets are rigged. A lot of people agree with that. Not everybody does, but I wouldn't be surprised if a majority agree that the markets are rigged. Politicians routinely lie. People who aren't guilty get blamed for things, they, uh, perhaps as, as symbols. Hmm? And... I would feel more comfortable. I would feel more alive. I would feel more meaningful if I lived in a world that was not simply manipulated, supposedly to keep me fat, dumb, and happy, and you and everyone else in this country. But in fact, let's have it. Let's have reality. This is the one chance you have to live. Let's let's have reality rather than central planning. What else do we have? Well, we've got the active shooter in San Bernardino. Headline from, what is this, from the Washington Times. Male, female, San Bernardino suspects killed terrorism a possibility. Uh, A team of gunmen killed 14 people and seriously injured another 17 at a San Bernardino, California social services agency Wednesday morning, prompting a dragnet that led to a further fatal shootout with the police in the city streets that killed two suspects. FBI says it's a possibility that the shooting uh, is terrorism. It goes on. We don't know what's going on there yet. All right. We know that 14 people have been killed. They may find more before this is done, but the number at the moment is 14. That number, maybe it'll change, or maybe that's accurate. Maybe that's a final count. Another 17 have been injured. We can sit back and we can all, oh, that's so sad, that's so terrible. You know, that's what Obama's going to do to some degree. Oh, my God, 14 people are dead. Well, yeah, I get it. It's a problem. But on the other hand, there's 320 million people in this country. And 319,999,900 did not get shot yesterday or today. We can't be stampeded by human sympathies. Say, oh my gosh, 14 people have died. Oh, this is terrible. Let's 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 get rid of the Second Amendment. Let's take away the right to keep and bear arms. This is what Obama will try to do. It's what he does every single time anybody gets shot. I think what we're really holding out for right now, we want to find out who are these suspects. We don't know yet. They've been shot and killed. They've apparently two of them, at least, men and women, have been shot and killed who were apparently shooters. In this, in this attack, um, and the third, third individual has been captured. Tried to run away. 
Maybe he's an innocent bystander. Maybe he's part, maybe he's the third member of this team of shooters. It'll be, we won't know. Who knows? We won't find out. We might, I don't know right now. We may not find out tonight. We might not find out till tomorrow. Who knows? We'll find out if the guy is part of this. We'll find out whether he is an innocent bystander. We'll know that sometime tomorrow, maybe even tonight, but we don't know right now what we're waiting for. All right? Always, oh, so sad. People died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few people died. You know, out of 320 million people, realistically, this is not a big deal. I know it's a terrible tragedy for the for the people that died. I know it's a terrible tragedy for their relatives and loved ones. And I don't mean to make light of it, but I do mean to put it in perspective. This is not the end of the world, and it does not justify eliminating the Second Amendment. All right? And we have to move ourselves away from just the normal human sympathy that you can find. Oh, my gosh, 14 people are dead. That's so sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, let's not be dumb enough to allow that to move us in the direction of repealing the Second Amendment. All right? And Obama wants, I don't know that he could get the Second Amendment repealed. I don't think he can. But he wants to install more government regulations. He wants to put more laws and regulations on the book to further restrict people's access to firearms because of 14 people, because two people, maybe three, killed 14 and injured another 17. It's not sufficient reason. It's, it's the kind of thing where you can be played on. People in positions of power can use that as reason, as a pretext to buffalo people into doing things that are contrary to their interests, but it is an insufficient reason. What are we waiting on right now? We're waiting. What we're really waiting on is to find out who are the people who did the shooting. Were they black? Mexican? Muslims? Were they terrorists? Were they disgruntled former employees? Post office workers. I... You know, we're looking right now, who's going to take the heat on this one? Was it a couple of kids who were both on Prozac, depressed and taking Prozac? Who's going to be blamed? That's the, that's the real interest, the human interest in this, is who's going to take the heat? Who's going to be blamed? Who are they going to try to hold? And I don't mean just the individuals that did the shooting, because we're not going to do that, are we? We're going to blame a group. We are going to blame a race. We are going to blame a culture. We are going to blame a religion. We are going to find somebody that we can blame them all. <laughs> it's crazy, but it's the way people work. I want to remind you, and I've done this before on this program, the purpose of the Second Amendment can be found in a document that you can Google for yourself. And you can go up on the Internet and Google Preamble to Bill of Rights. Preamble to Bill of Rights. You can find this document. This is a basically, you could say, a one-page document. It was a cover letter that was attached to the original 13 amendments that were proposed in 1788, 89, I can't recall clearly, uh, 89. They were proposed in 1789. 
they sent out, the Congress sent these, used this cover letter, sent on the 13 amendments that were proposed, sent the proposed amendment to the states of the union, and when sufficient, uh, the states voted on, the, on these 13 amendments individually, they voted for some and not for others. And the wind-up was 10 of them were adopted to the, were added to the Constitution, and they became what we call the Bill of Rights. And it says here in the cover letter, it says the conventions of a number of the states having at the time of their adopting the Constitution, that was in the previous year, expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added. They're telling us that the purpose of the Bill of Rights, the purpose of the first ten amendments to the Constitution, which includes the Second Amendment, the purpose was to prevent misconstruction or abuse of the powers of the Constitution. I don't have any powers under the Constitution, and most of you don't either. The only people who have powers under the Constitution are the ones, are the officers, officials, employees, bureaucrats, right? presidents, vice presidents, senators, congressmen, Supreme Court judges, federal judges. The people who have been empowered by the Constitution to do one thing or another, they are the ones, because they have those powers, they are able to misconstrue or abuse those powers. And the purpose of the Ten Amendments is to prevent that misconstruction or abuse. And when you read it, this isn't my thought, this isn't my words, this is, this is what it says in the preamble to Bill of Rights. Google it. You'll find it for yourself at a .gov website, and you will realize, holy cow, what else could you do with a firearm? The purpose of it is to prevent misconstruction or abuse of the powers of the Constitution. It means is to protect you and me from the federal government. And the intended target for the Second Amendment, it's not ducks, it's not deer, it's not Great Britain coming in and invading or Red China pouring across the Bering Straits. It's to shoot at federal officials, officers, employees. That's what it's for. And that's why government wants to get rid of it. They want to get rid of that Second Amendment because they know they are the target. If they misconstrue or abuse the powers of the Constitution, they are the legitimate targets under the Second Amendment. That's why they want to get rid of it, because they know they're doing bad things. They are misconstruing. They are abusing their powers, and they are hoping to do so without getting shot. I'm going to take a break. A couple of commercial announcements. James Corbett will join us. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope 
complete instructions for maximum benefit, and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Adask, and this is Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. Uh, James Corbett has been living and working in Japan for the past 11 years. He started the Corbett Report website in 2007 as an outlet for independent critical analysis of politics, society, history, and economics. He has been prolific in terms of writing articles and producing videos that provide intelligent and insightful analyses of whatever is current in the United States, in Japan, in geopolitics. It's hard, it's really hard to imagine finding someone who's better informed than James. So James is a regular on our program and he's here again tonight. Hello James, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, as always, for having me on. Oh, I always enjoy it. I uh, always look forward to it. Always a challenge. <laughs> Got a root. I don't know if I'm capable of raising my game, but at least I try. Uh, China, I think, might be the. Maybe it's. I don't know if you would agree that it's the biggest story with the special drawing rights this week. Uh, it is the biggest story that otherwise would have been told this week, if all things being equal. But, of course, uh, not all things are equal right now. 
Uh, I understand that. I don't know if they ever have been, but it's, it's, it's like Animal Farm. Some things are equal, but some things are even more equal. Um, right. The special drawing rights that are issued by the internal by the International Monetary Fund do they serve the people of the world, or do they only serve the governments which are members of the IMF's special drawing rights basket? Well, I mean, I guess that depends who you ask. Uh, the central banks would argue that they serve the people, but the best argument that they could come up with is they serve the people indirectly by serving the central banks that are serving the people, or so the central banks want people to believe. Um, but, the, yeah, I mean, special drawing rights are instruments that you and I will never see, will never feel, touch, taste, smell in any way. They have no reality whatsoever to you or, or I. They are only instruments that are dealt with by central banks uh, as reserve holdings. And basically the idea is that if you hold SDRs, uh, well, then you are able to claim in any of a number of currencies, currently four currencies, but as of October 2016, also the Chinese yuan. Uh, so if you have SDRs, you can uh, use those as a claim to actually get Chinese yuan in exchange, which basically for central banks is a way of kind of hedging their bets. They don't have to hold U.S. dollars in case there's some kind of big problem with the dollar. They don't have to hold euros. They don't have to hold pounds or yen or yuan. They can hold the SDRs, and it'll be any one of those things, uh, depending on what they want to do. So it supposedly provides stability or some, some greater degree of stability to the international system, rather than having all your eggs in one currency basket. No, you have five different eggs. So that's the idea that they would try to sell it as. But for you and I, I mean, it's a pretty esoteric idea that this, you know, helps our lives in any particular way. It reminds me of the scene in The Wizard of Oz where the wizard uh, is going to hand out a, what, a certificate of commendation, whatever certificate of courage. I don't remember. And then he, uh, he gave him a piece of paper and everybody, oh, my gosh. You know, people were impressed by the pieces of paper. Just last August, the IMF rejected China's application for membership in the SDR basket. And as I understand it, it told China that it would have to wait at least another year, maybe more, before its application would be reconsidered. It was my understanding that the U.S. government led the move to reject China's application in August. Now, just three months later, the IMF has invited uh, and approved China's admission for membership. What happened in the last three or four months to change the IMF's decision to reject China and uh, instead say, oh, wait, we changed our mind? Something happened? I don't believe it was rejected in August. I believe there was some misleading reporting or misleading headlines that led people to believe that. But the IMF press release that that was based on was saying that uh, they were delaying the decision and so that the implementation of that decision would not come in January of next year like most people thought it would be later on in the year. So the, the earliest point at which China could be allowed in would be uh, up to a year later than people were expecting. And that's, that was what that was. It wasn't that they had rejected the yuan altogether. It's just that they were taking more time than they thought with the decision. So, so that really just delayed it. And the fruits of that have, have now paid off. And now instead of January 2016 being this new basket, it's going to be implemented in October of next year. But still, it's going to happen. All right. Is the inclusion of China in this basket of currencies, is this significant or merely symbolic? Uh, it's, it is significant, and immediately so. Um, now that the Chinese yuan is 
a type of world reserve currency, not the world reserve currency, which of course is still the U.S. dollar, but it is now more on a more stable footing as a reserve currency. There will be more central banks holding yuan directly as reserves. There will be more global assets reallocated into yuan. Uh, it will uh, it, it, estimates vary, but uh, AXA investment holdings, I believe, um, earlier this year estimated as much as a trillion dollars of uh, global assets will be reallocated into yuan and uh, Chinese bonds in the next uh, in the next five years till the end of the decade. So there is going to be a significant amount of uh, of boon to the Chinese government in, in this in terms of uh, stabilizing their their own debt. Does this pose a threat to the United States dollar? Or is it just a bump in the road? I mean, it's it's about. I would assume it's going to be as, it's going to detract from the strength of the U.S. dollar. Is it going to be a significant loss or you know just well? Just this is not this is not the death blow. We'll put it that way. This is mm -hmm. not going to be the end of the dollar, but it certainly is a signpost along the road that I, I think everyone understands at this point. There is a developing narrative of the U.S. dollar losing the sense that it is it is the center of the world and should be the center of the world there is a growing sense among more and more people that well something will have to replace the US dollar as the lone super currency in the world backed by nothing but petro uh, petroleum and good wishes uh, I think that that sense of that narrative is developing and this is clearly one important stage of that probably one of the mo single most important stages of that that we've seen given the fact that since 2009, the uh, People's Bank of China governor has been on record arguing for the SDR to replace the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency. Fast forward six years, here we are with the Chinese yuan now being added to that basket and, and being increasingly used as a, uh, as a currency of settlement internationally. It is certainly a sense that the U.S. dollar is being eroded by each and every one of these decisions that are coming along, and this is one of the most important. That's one of the things that surprises me about this, because on the one hand, you're telling us that the SDR is something that will never touch the common common man, woman. It doesn't really have much directly to do with our lives. And yet, there have been people that we've heard about for several years that are talking about using special drawing rights as the backbone of a new global currency. Are those projections that it, SDRs could be used for a new global currency, is that irrational, just a mistake, or what's happening? I think it's actually quite the logical outcome of the system that has been in place now for 40-plus years. Ever since Nixon took uh, the U.S. dollar off the gold standard and uh, scrapped Bretton Woods in August of 1971, uh, that has been a, a central breaking point in the world monetary system. Of course, before that point, the world monetary system was ordered along the lines of Bretton Woods, which, of course, Bretton Woods in New Hampshire. It was a meeting that took place between about 40 of the allies in World War II towards the end of World War II in 1944. And at that meeting, they devised the system that would become the backbone for the world monetary uh, order, which w was based on the U.S. dollar being the international reserve currency, and the U.S. dollar itself was pegged to gold at $35 an ounce. There was increasing problems with that system throughout the 1960s as the U.S. government was spending more and more money and obviously had did not have the gold to back those dollars up. So a lot of nations started to get concerned about that. And then with Vietnam ratcheting that up even more, you started to get 
central banks like those in France and Germany starting to actually demand their dollars to be uh, demand their gold instead of their do- uh, U.S. dollar paper funny money. And once that started to happen, and the uh, Federal Reserve was losing its uh, gold holdings uh, down from its official, I think, twenty-five billion dollars down to twelve billion dollars by 1971, Nixon had to had to basically put an end to that somehow. So he just said, "Okay, no more gold redemption." And from that point, the question, of course, is, well, what, what on earth is backing up the international monetary order? What on earth is the ultimate backstop of all of this? And the only answer that was, well, there was no answer whatsoever for a few years until there was some really sophisticated engineering, international engineering that went on uh, in by, well, <laughs> As one would expect, the, the, the same uh, cliques that have, uh, have been backstopping the world economy for a century or more. And it's an interesting story. You, I'm sure you'll remember the oil crisis of 1973 where OPEC uh, embargoed oil to the U.S. and its allies uh, and the Israeli allies of, in the Yom Kippur War. But what people don't know is that oil crisis was not just predicted, but actually engineered by the Bilderberg Group, which met in May of 1973, five months before uh, the October crisis. They met in May in Sweden, and uh, among the attendees there, of course, uh, Henry Kissinger and uh, and David Rockefeller and the president of Exxon, the director of BP, uh, Prince Bernhard of the Netherlands, one of the major shareholders in Royal Dutch Shell, the Royal Dutch Shell president was also there, And at that meeting, they had a lengthy, in-depth, detailed discussion about the oil prices, about about OPEC and its ability to create a problem in the world monetary order uh, by embargoing oil. They they talked about this at great length in that meeting, five months before the oil crisis happened. And they said there is probably going to be an oil crisis in the the near future that would send uh, prices up towards $11 or $12 a barrel, which... Uh, at that time was a staggering amount. It was currently at that time when they were deliberating, it was $3.01 a barrel. So that's a 400% increase they were talking about. Uh, and they were starting to strategize, well, what will we do in the event of this, this crisis, which, of course, hadn't materialized at that point. And you can go and read the meeting minutes that have since been leaked online where they talk about this and discuss the, you know, the crisis and how they're going to have to create a trilateral group of Japan and the U.S. and the Europe to, to deal with this. And they'll have to create a joint energy policy and all of this. Again, to talking about a crisis that hadn't that didn't exist at that time, but five months later it existed. And how did it exist? Well, leaked documents now have come out showing that Henry Kissinger was the main engineer, the architect behind the Yom Kippur War. He was holding information back from Nixon in order to stop to delay his responses. He was feeding information to Israel. He was uh, brokering deals with Egypt and Syria. Uh, he was the main focal point for this, uh, of course. David Rockefeller's right-hand man and one of the attendees at the May 1973 meeting. It led to the embargo, which then led to OPEC uh, raising prices first in October of 1973. And then in December of 1973, uh, the Shah of Iran demanded a a price increase to $11 and and I believe 65 cents per barrel, a 400% increase, exactly, exactly what they were talking about at that May 1973 meeting. And when uh, Saudi King Faisal's personal emissary asked 
the Shah of Iran, why did you demand such an enormous price increase? The Shah reportedly said, in order to, uh, to find the answer to that, you'll have to go to Washington and ask Henry Kissinger. So that entire crisis was organized and, and, uh, and put into motion by the Bilderberg Group. And uh, the second part of that operation was for Kissinger to arrange a deal with Saudi Arabia to backstop uh, the, the international uh, monetary system by getting Saudi Arabia to agree to price their, their do- uh, oil in dollars creating a huge demand for dollars, which they then also agreed to recycle through Wall Street banks in the form of U.S. Treasuries. And with that, with that amazing trick, they managed to backstop the entire world economy on oil. Now, that is a very, very precarious system that relies on the U.S.-Saudi relationship. It relies on oil bursts in dollars. It relies on military strength of the United States. And it relies on everyone playing along with that system. That is clearly a system that can be maintained at the point of a gun, but not forever. And now that the U.S. has clearly overstretched itself in Iraq, in Syria, and is losing that sort of international authority that it had as the the monopolar superpower of the world. As that is eroding, so is the U.S. dollar and the the petrodollar system that backstops the world economy. So really the logical extension of the bread and wood system into the petrodollar is, well, we can't rely on the United States government for this. So why don't we just expand that? So now it's going to be the U.S. and Europe and Japan and the U.K. and China. And among those nations, now instead of one meaningless fiat currency backed up by nothing, we'll have five different fiat currencies backed up by nothing. So it'll be a more stable system. So as long as you buy into that fundamental idea that these fiat currencies backed up by nothing can be the backbone of a system. Now it's just a question of, well, you can't have one country doing it. Let's have five countries doing it. It is a kind of a logical extension of that system, but a very dangerous one because ultimately it's still Is it a logical extension? Is it a desperate extension? A, a little bit of both. But again, I mean, just like the Yom Kippur War was engineered and the oil crisis was engineered in order to bring about this system, I think crises are being engineered in the current monetary order in order to bring about the supposed need for this greater basket. Someone has coined the phrase disaster capitalism, and they I can't recall who coined the phrase, but it's just recent. Um, matter of fact, it might even be... Uh Um, A woman, I can't think of her name right off the top of my head, but she referred to disaster capitalism as being the predominant system that's in the world today. And what she means by that, I believe she didn't explain it, but what I think she means is a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Uh, People should take advantage of crises, and we now have a capitalistic system that creates crises that can be exploited. Let's talk about that when we get back. Uh, We're going to take a break for a couple commercials. I'm Alfred Addis here with James Corbett on Financial Survival. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? 
Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adisk here on Financial Survival with our guest, James Corbett, talking about disaster capitalism. It was a phrase called, uh, coined, I believe, by Catherine Austin Fitz. And although she didn't define it in the interview where I heard her speak, I thought it was a curious phrase. And I think what she means is that what passes for capitalism today relies on creating disasters that can be exploited and to generate profits for at least some people, disasters for some and profits for others. I'm curious if you think that's uh, a reasonable understanding of the term disaster capitalism, or does, is there a different meaning? Uh, well, to be clear, I, I believe the term was co uh, coined by Naomi Klein, the author of No Logo. She was also the author of The Shock Doctrine, which was subtitled The Rise of Disaster Capitalism. It was published in 2007. And uh, yes, I mean, basically, of course, the idea here is that the best way to move forward into a pre-planned agenda is to shock the uh, system into change. And so the examples that uh, Naomi Klein talked about in her book included the uh, transformation of South America and the South American economy um, with the coup in Chile, for example, of course, organized uh, in the United States by Henry Kissinger, surprise, surprise, and, and other such events like that, where, of course, a, a shock is delivered in order to change the system in, in a way that's uh, conducive to the interests of those who are delivering the shock. Um, it's, I, I think it is a per, per, uh, persuasive 
uh, idea because it's it's demonstrable time and time and time again throughout history. And I think, again, there's no end to the examples that we could look at. Um, and, of course, shock, again, came up in, in centrally in geopolitics just a decade ago with the shock and awe of Iraq. So I, I think, it, again, it's a pretty easily demonstrable idea. And I think no one would really dispute the idea itself. The only question is who is wielding it and how. And I think that we have to look at events in in the last several years specifically economic and monetary events leading towards the uh, as we're still not there yet but leading towards the growing clamor and calls for a a new basis for a world monetary order and i think we're we're heading in that direction all it will take is a few more shocks and we will have people clamoring in the streets uh, to do something please replace these us dollars with something more reliable do you think they'll replace the U.S. dollar? I mean, I've seen some reports where people, they are aware that the dollar is perhaps on its last legs. They are aware that the dollar has a lot of problems. But on the other hand, there's nothing sitting on the horizon right now where we could sit back, well, why don't we do this one instead? And it doesn't appear that there is another currency that's immediately available that could replace the dollar. So we're going to keep the dollar because there's nothing else. Could it be that China, for example, if they had an ulterior motive for getting into the special drawing rights basket, could it be that they'd be happy merely to have a multipolar system of currencies rather than a unipolar system, where, which might describe what we've had in the past with the dollar? I mean, is it enough for China to just sit back and say, instead of the dollar being the, the one and only We've got two, three, four, half a dozen. Would that yes? Well, I, I mean, it's important to note that, of course, it isn't just China that's been calling for this. There have been a number of nations calling for this, and perhaps, I mean, the institutional uh, institutionalization of this idea comes in the creation of the BRICS, uh, which is meant to represent this idea of the multipolar world. They're they're representing the the developing and emerging economies uh, and their growing importance in this international globalized economy. And there's a lot of things to say in favor of that system. But I think there's also, I mean, the underlying question of if the entire system itself is really a, a fabrication that uh, that does not serve the interests of anyone, then how does the expansion of that system globally, how is that going to help us? And uh, I think the answer is that it isn't. Uh, the question of is the U.S. dollar going to be replaced with a different currency? I think ultimately that comes down to, uh, I think it comes down to semantics. And I think that the, uh, the people who are implementing the shock are happy to allow whatever system will, will look and feel the most conducive to, to the population that they're trying to, to, to win over. So I think Americans would be very upset if, if suddenly they weren't using dollars, they were using something that is foreign, I don't know, yuan or something, I mean, to replace their, their, the dollars for their daily transactions. Of course, that would be seen as, as a takeover and people would be up in arms. But if it all happens behind the scenes in international agreements with the IMF and, and it doesn't actually affect the look and feel and taste and smell of their dollars in their wallet, then they wouldn't care. And so I think 
ultimately, I think it's going to be more of that type. I mean, just from a, a, a practical point of view, I think that's the type of replacement that we're looking at. It will still, I imagine, be dollars that people will be interacting in, in but those dollars will be structured differently in the same way that when Nixon went on TV in 1971 and said, yeah, we're, we're uh, not going to be redeeming uh, dollars for gold anymore. And, and here's what it, it means for you. Temporarily. That was a temporary it, situation. Right. Well, in, if you go and actually watch his speech, he, he outlines that, oh, you know, this only affects you if you're, if you're buying foreign cars or, or, you know, foreign imported goods. But for your day-to-day -day, uh, uh, purchases, it'll actually help people who are buying, you know, in America, American-made goods, which, of course, was a lie. But you know, I guess you could get away with it. If you're pumping foreign-based oil into crude oil in your <laughs> sink, was that one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that came home to roost a couple of years later, didn't it? Yeah. Um, where are we? Where are we right now? Obama has been—he's been pushing the idea that climate change has to be dealt with, and we've got to do something about global warming. There's a lot of debate on whether that's true or false, and I don't know where the truth of the matter is, and the rest of that sort of thing. But what I'm wondering is this. If we aren't going to have dollars backed by, if they can't be, if they're no longer petrodollars, they're no longer effectively backed by, by crude oil. It's still true to some extent, but it's not, it's not exclusive. They are not the exclusive petrodollar. They are a petrol currency now rather than the petrol currency. Um, if petroleum can't really back the dollar anymore, and special drawing rights from the International Monetary Fund... That looks like a that's that's a little too strange to be backing for the dollar. I'm wondering, is it possible that they want to go into something like carbon credits as backing for whatever new currency is coming out if there is one coming out? Is that too fantastic to believe or is that one of those things where you I, I, I wish it was too fantastic to believe and for me, it is too fantastic to believe, but it's not really a question of my credulity, I guess, unfortunately. Um, I think that's absolutely one of the balls in the air, and that's kind of a, a more pie-in-the-sky idea, but it is one that has been floated before, and it is one that continues to be floated by people who are extremely influential in a lot of ways. Um, and this is ultimately the idea that uh, it goes back to really a, a movement from the 19. Well, a movement that really gathered and, and, and formalized itself in the 1930s, known as Technocracy Inc., which was started by a, a charlatan and a hoaxer. And uh, but ultimately, <laughs> it, it became very popular, and it still its ideas still persist. And the idea was that the ultimate backing of our economy shouldn't be things some some commodity like gold or whatever you dig out of the ground. It should be something more fundamental. And what is our economy really based on? It's based on energy. So the backing of our currency should really be energy. It should in some way measure, measure our ability to, to generate and to uh, power and energy. So uh, that's, I mean, in a way, that's, that's kind of like a petrodollar, but that's not really what they were talking about. What they were talking about ultimately was that our energy, uh, the, 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 the energy of the, the world ultimately should be budgeted and that everyone should have their allowance of being able to spend their energy allowance for the year or whatever, and people would, would that would be the way that people would interact with each other. And that's kind of ultimately where the uh, the carbon credit idea and where that 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 logic of that system heads. And that's a, I mean it's a really huge idea to get your head around, but but unfortunately ultimately it has been 
brought up um, several times in the past decade by very uh, important people in different sectors. There was an, a British MP a few years ago who was talking about carbon credits for uh, people in the UK. And once you spend up your credits, um, I, I believe you could either buy them or you'd be out of luck. You just couldn't um, expend any more energy. Or uh, the, uh, the Pope's advisor uh, to, to his encyclical on uh, climate change from earlier this year had in the past talked about this idea that there should be a carbon budget for all people. And they, you know, once you use up your carbon, you're, you're out of luck for the year. Um, this is an idea that keeps coming back. And uh, again, it's a long way to go from here to there, but, uh, but it, it's one of the scariest ideas because, of course, ultimately, I mean, it's not just taxing you for breathing, which is ultimately what they're, they're talking about right now in Paris. But if that system was implemented to its logical end, I mean, it would, it would basically be you would exist. You would, you would be alive at the mercy of the government. And uh, if they decided, you know, you, to reduce your carbon budget, you either become living you end up living like a caveman or you uh, you will be exterminated and that's i mean that's such an orwellian system beyond orwellian system of control that it's scarcely imaginable but it has been talked about and uh i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past them that they would at least try for a system like that which is why i think we we definitely have to keep our eye on what's going on in paris and the type of agreement they do or don't come to i think well I, you know again my reaction to this is simply I look at Obama, and he talks about global warming, and I just don't, I don't have the impression that he's really sincere. I get the impression he's, he's up to something. He's got an exterior, and, and, and he's, got a, he's using this as a pretext to achieve another objective, and maybe that objective has something to do with carbon credits, and maybe not. We'll find out. Before we go, I've got one last. Uh, Doug Casey's got an article, Sitting Ducks in China's Bathtub, an Overture to World War III. It's always been true that war is the health of the state, uh, but especially true in economic times, that's because governments blame their problems on outsiders. What he's bringing up in part, he's raising the idea that if we're having difficult times in the United States, we need a war to distract the public, and we can blame things on the war that we don't blame on the government. Is it possible that China would be willing to enter into a minor war not a big nuclear war in the rest of a minor war, just to have somebody to blame for whatever it's whatever economic problems it's having right now. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's uh, again that's a phenomenon that's happened throughout history, uh, but not not in Chinese history very much. Uh, China has not traditionally been a, or not for the last several decades, has been an, a militarily aggressive state. So that would be a huge change, but. Look at what's happening in the South China Sea as they're developing and building up their navy. There is more confrontation going on and more kind of bold claims to this or that territory, which is certainly creating more tension. Uh, the next logical step after tension is some sort of actual skirmish. Uh, I, I don't think that they do want to go to that level quite yet because the tension alone is enough to justify uh, some of the, the uh, tightening controls and the, the increase of expenditures on the military that they're, they're doing right now. But if push came to shove, like any other government, I think, yeah, the temptation would be there to have a little, have a little skirmish, get people to rally around the flag, increase your military budget and accomplish a lot of agendas. Well, where I'm, part of the implication here is that Washington and China could effectively, in, if, if it's true that war is the health of the state, and both of them have an incentive to distract their own people from blaming their own government, 
then it would be helpful to both sides. Why don't we start a war? Wink, wink. You know, we'll yeah. kill some of your peons, you kill some of ours, we'll bitch and moan about the Chinese, Chinese can complain about us, we'll come to an agreement, we'll come to peace in, who knows, 18, 24 months. I mean, it's just a, is it a puppet show? It, it certainly could be, and there's, there, there's historical... Reason, not even a, a passionate mistake, but just people say, all right, let's put on a little show for the peons. Well, it's important for people to understand there are historical precedents for that, and that has happened before in history with uh, with uh, kings and uh, queens, you know, across across the aisle, uh, um, yeah, Britain and France, for example, uh, cousins basically deciding, making an agreement, let's go to war, and uh, and for this amount of time, and we'll get you know we'll get people organized and and rallied around, and uh, you know we won't kill too many of your people, you don't kill too many of ours. There were actual <laughs> agreements like that. Our industries, you leave our you leave some. Yeah. Some of the industries alone will tell you which ones. Exactly. Well, of course, that was back in the day when armies would meet on the battlefield and fight gentlemanly before, you know, the 20th century destroyed all that. <laughs> I understand. And the people used to come out to watch the battles. They'd yep. sit on the hillsides and watch the battles. It would be like watching a football game. Only only the soldiers are getting killed. But the people mm -hmm. are sitting there, the public is sitting there in the stands. they got a picnic basket and a parasol to keep the sun off of them. And they watch these two armies. My understanding, Napoleon and uh, I can't remember who was the Englishman who finally stopped uh, them. Wellington? Who? Wellington? Yeah, Wellington. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I thought I heard Lincoln. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I thought, what? what? I'm really going to learn something tonight if I turn up. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, well, that's that's the way war was fought at that time. We are don't have enough time to answer. I'm going to pose a question, but we don't have any time to answer it. Um, no, I won't even post it. I'll save it for next time. James Corbett, our guest. Thank you, James. Always appreciate having you on the program. It's always fun for me. Interesting. I learned something. Uh, it's fun. I hope the audience enjoys it as much as I do. We'll have James back next Thursday, barring the unforeseen. In the meantime, with the good Lord, bless you, me, you in the audience, me, James, Frank the producer. Good night. All night I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dream, I have a friend. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere 
with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan, and this is the Conditioned Critical Show. This is my live show for Thursday, third day of December 2015. It's uh, four minutes after 2 o'clock, and you are listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. Let's get some things out of the way. Go to the AmericanVoiceRadio.com and get into the chat room. There's quite a few people in there, it appears, at the time, and you can ask questions and do all that kind of stuff. It's real easy to do. 
I try and keep up. I haven't got really good at it as of yet. What I will do first, though, is I'll post a, a link to my website, and I just updated a, a post on there, and I'm going to kind of talk about that post. So before I continue, just let me post this link into the chat room for my website. You can get there by going to irish684.com or conditioncriticalshow.com, either way to get you to the same place. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it had been under a bit of construction, as I've been saying over the last uh, few shows here, and it's looking really good. I want to thank the constructor for all of that as well. He's done a lot of hard work. Actually, he's done it all, the guy that's uh, doing the website. And he will remain nameless unless he wants to be named, but I just want to, I'm sure he's listening at the moment. I just want to let that individual know how much I appreciate what he's done. So, <clears throat> yeah, go to my website, and I see all the, the chatter in the chat room about the high winds. It hasn't come gotten here yet. Uh, it's supposed to, while out on the coast, uh, the winds are like 70 miles an hour right now, the Washington coast, that is. The winds aren't supposed to get here until later this afternoon, like around, well, I don't know, uh, like they said, around 5 or maybe 6 o'clock this evening. So we we lucked out the last time with the high winds and not losing power, and I'm not really hopeful that we'll luck out this time. It just, you know, and it really just all depends. And, you know, if it usually we don't you know we don't get the the the, the full impact of it in this region here somehow the it just because of the jet stream it they tend the winds t tend to stay you know like seattle and then north of seattle like if you go up north of seattle like in the everett area there's what they call a convergence zone up there and man you could you could launch a rocket ship with the winds that kind of howl through there it's pretty pretty impressive so anyway there is my website go there the donate link, I failed to save the donate link for this network. Maybe, Frank, if you could please again uh, post the donate link for this network in the chat room, I would appreciate that. I, at the moment, yeah, I, I, did, I forgot to save it uh, last time, and I lost my little cheat sheet. So, yeah, <clears throat> so there's that. Uh, I'm a bit congested this afternoon, so bear with me. I have my trusty bottle of water right here that I'll try and wash down the congestion, if you will. So... All right. Well, I mean, just look what has gone on since we last spoke. What That was just the day before yesterday on, on Tuesday. And since then, what has happened? Well, you had another, I don't even know what to call them anymore, a mass shooting, uh, a rampage, a, a terrorist event. I, I don't even know what to call them anymore. But one thing I can say in certainty is that these things, and there's the donate link. Thank you, Frank. And folks, please, uh, just click on that link and see how easy it is to donate. It's very simple. It is. So anyway, the one thing I can say in without, you know, uncertainty about this is these things are happening. They're happening too fast and too close together. Now, that's just, that's a fact right there. So something's up. And, you know, the Frank has been harping on the fact that gun control doesn't work and it's a failed policy, well, you really have to consider that and look at that. California has some of the toughest gun control laws in the nation, probably tougher than even Illinois and New York and Washington, D.C. And all of those places I've just mentioned have the highest rates of homicidal gun violence, in, at least in this country and probably in the known world. So it's, it's apparent that they don't work. 
And I've taken another, a different position. It's kind of along the same lines that Frank has. And it's the subject of my latest blog post. And what I'll do is I'll just post that blog post into the chat room, and you guys can read it for yourself. I hastily put it together last night, and I, uh, before I came out here to do my show, I kind of cleaned it up a little bit. So if there's some grammatical or spelling errors in there, I apologize, because as I said, I, I hastily put it together last night, and then, as I said again, uh, I came out here and kind of changed a few things and added a couple other things. So it may, not, it may have some errors, so I'll fix those. But if you see one, point them out and make a, uh, what do you call it, uh, a comment, uh, you know, to the blog on my website. So, and let me, let me myself just go there and, and, and here's the thing, you know, and the, what, what inspired me to write this article wasn't this latest whatever you want to call it, just whatever you want to call it, because I'm just tired of them. You know, I'm just tired of them. You got people being mowed down by whomever, right? And they don't have guns. And, and they think that it's such a, you know, the cops think it's all the people acted bravely hiding in a bathroom stall. What the hell is that? You know, what the hell is that? It, I don't know what that is. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I don't leave my house unarmed. I'm sitting here right now, folks. If I had, if you had a webcam, you would see it. I'm holding a Glock 21, 45 caliber ACP pistol, fully loaded. I pack it. I carry it, sometimes openly. I'm not going to die laying on my stomach, you know, hunkered down in some bathroom stall. I'm not going to die on my knees while some coward with a gun wants to murder me. It ain't going to happen because I shoot back. And if I die in a hail of bullets, so be it. I'm not going to die unarmed, and neither should you. But the government wants you to. They want you to. And if other people don't see that, then I'm going to say it. And I don't care if it offends. Then you're a bunch of morons. You understand? You're a bunch of morons. Buy a gun, arm yourself, and don't be a victim. It's that simple. The government's not here to protect you. In fact, they're sending people out there to murder you. Period. They might not do it directly. Now, I could go there, and I'm, and I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not, you know, they could go there. They could have sent these people. These could have been government operatives. Sure they could have been, and they may well have been. But what if they weren't? What if they were just a couple of whack jobs? The, 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 it, there's no difference. They still have guns, and you don't. So you take a couple of lunatics to come into an office building, right? And it's just like, it's a shooting gallery. Just imagine if one or two people had a gun and were shooting back. Even a cap gun, something making noise, something, a slingshot. But see, California doesn't even allow stuff like that. Did you know that? Slingshots, blowguns, anything, knives over, you know, a, a seven centimeters. That's how ridiculous things are in California. And people get killed. Let me post this article <clears throat> into the chat room, and you can read from it as I read from it. Let me go back to it. And again, what inspired me to write this article wasn't this, this latest uh, gun situation. I don't even know what you want to call them anymore. It was, it was an article about what the Republican uh, leadership is going to do, and I don't have the article. I, I can't even find it. I, I guess I could look for it. Frank, maybe you're, you, you're aware of it. 
the, the, the GOP leadership came out, and I read the article yesterday, so maybe the article came out yesterday or the day before, and it was about what their strategy was going to be if Trump got nominated you know, for the, the presidency, right? Because they're obviously, you know, they don't want him in there, and they're going to do anything it takes and so forth and so on. And they had some, like, talking points, and one of them was, like, how to respond to some of his extreme views. And that's what inspired me to write this, because the Republicans shouldn't be doing things like that. They shouldn't be doing things like that. For the most part, for the, well, I won't say for the politicians, the Republicans that are politicians, but for someone like me who would tend to lean Republican and, some, and guys and people, ladies and gentlemen like you, whom I would think they would tend to lean Republican. Now, I'm not classifying any one of us as Republican, but just for the sake of argument. Our views aren't extreme. For instance, for instance, like opposition, and just read from the article, opposition to illegal immigration is not an extreme view. That is gen- generally my view. I'm opposed to illegal immigration. That is not an extreme view. But see, the other side, this is what you have to point out. The other side's view are extreme. Their opposition to enforcing our current immigration laws, that is an extreme view. And that needs to be said. It needs to be pointed out. And I went further, and I mentioned opposition to further gun control uh, laws is not an extreme view. Yet opposition to enforcing our current gun laws are. And I did a show, oh, a month or two back, illustrating how tough our current gun control laws are if they were just enforced. So that's an extreme view. And I've what? There's like four or five points on there. Opposition to paying taxes is not an extreme view. But, you know, if you're... If you're classified as someone that doesn't like to pay taxes, well, you're Gordon Paul now. And they're going to send SWAT teams and the Bureau of Land Management and whoever else onto your property to harass, take, steal, and then murder from you, murder you. That's just a fact. But yet, the, the, uh, but, but, you know, conversely, opposition to limiting taxes in any way possible, that is an extreme view. So that's what inspired me to write this article. And they're, they're winning based on words alone. They are kicking our butts just with words and little sound bites. And, it's, you know, it's working. It's working. Because there's only like 17 of us that aren't afraid to say what's on our mind. There's only just a few of us who aren't afraid to be called a racist or a homophobe or an anti-Semite or, uh, you know, a, a misogynist or any of that. There's only like 17 of us. And, you know... You know, 12 of them are are getting old and getting ready to die or something, you know. So pretty soon there's only going to be like three or four or five. For real. For real. Because most people would just like to go turn their television on and watch Dancing with the Stars or some goofy, stupid-ass Monday night football or some other stupid sporting event just to be entertained because they don't want to be bothered with the events of the day. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. And that's what I get sometimes. I do get that sometimes. You know, somebody will engage me in something, and I'll go, well, wait a minute here. And they'll go, oh, I don't want to argue. I'm like, argue? What do you mean arguing? You asked a question. That's how people are nowadays. They don't want to be bothered with facts and figures and common sense and the truth. That's too hard for them. It might, you know, their brain might start to cramp. Well, it's ridiculous. And things aren't going to stop, and things aren't going to get any better. Unless we take our country back. And 17 of us can't do it. It has to be a concerted effort on all of our parts. I even thought, you know, look, I've said it before. 
I'm going to just be out, blunt and out front with it. I've said it before. It gets me... It gets me pretty down, the events of the day. And I contemplated not even doing a show today because I'm just so fed up. I'm just so fed up that nobody seems to care. That's the truth. I'm so fed up that nobody seems to care. You can talk until you're blue in the face. You can write articles until your fingers fall off. And you can talk on the radio until you can't even talk anymore. But if nobody cares, nobody's listening, and nobody gives a poop, what's the difference? So, yeah, sometimes it gets me down that I think nobody really gives a crap. Well, I would like more people to start giving a crap. It can't just be 17 people. It has to be more than that. And we don't all have to agree. I'm not saying... You know, one person has to be this dictator, and only his, you know, sphere of ideas has to get adhered to. Wrong. That's not what I'm saying. Because I've said it before, the Venn diagram. Look at the Venn diagram. Agree on what there's a, we agree on more things than we disagree, disagree, not disagree on. Okay? That's what we need to focus on. Instead of saying, well, I don't agree with that part. You know, I, it, it's pink. No, it's, it's salmon color. You know, whatever. We get past all that. Instead of arguing about things, because that's what, that's what happens. Generally, debate boils down or becomes an argument because people don't know how to debate or how to, you know, have a conversation. Then they start arguing amongst themselves. And I don't have time for that. It just gets ridiculous. It gets ridiculous. And another thing that gets ridiculous is nonsense. Now, I'm not going to really define that. I'll let you all define that for yourself because everybody's version of nonsense is kind of, you know, arbitrary. Or at least, you know, it's like an individual thing. So my, my definition of maybe what I consider nonsense might be different than yours. But I would imagine, I would, I'm going to venture to guess that it's similar, kind of similar, but still, I'm not going to define it. But I'll say it again. Nonsense is, irritates the heck out of me. I'm not for nonsense. Well, uh, you know, if you're going to say, come on, Jay, give an example. What do you mean? You know, like the, like the, 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 the nonsensical kind of bickering or, or back and forth that goes on sometimes. Uh, the rehashing of, like, old material or, you know, or old conspiracy theories or something like that. You know, oh, this, you know, happened back in 1960 and, and blah, blah, blah. What's the, okay, so what? That's all out there. That horse has left the barn. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't care who killed John F. Kennedy, okay, at this point. I don't care. He's dead, and it happened a long time. In fact, it happened before I was born, just before I was born. I was born in December of 64, so nevertheless, it was before I was born. So that happened a long time ago. I care about stuff that's happening right now, right now, right now, today. Those are the things that we can fix. I can't fix the past. I can't do that. We can, though, change the future and fix the future by dealing with what's going on right now. And what's going on right now is we're being murdered, essentially, by our government. Again, directly and indirectly. And here's something else I find odd. This is something that I find very odd. Obama because of this latest, whatever you want to call it. Maybe you guys can think of something to call it. Because I refuse to call it a gun rampage or a mass shooting. Because it's something different than that. It just is. But here's the thing that, that, that gets me. Obama has come out 
and said almost verbatim the same thing. The same thing about it. And what was it? Because I don't have it up in front of me. It's like, this has to stop or... Uh, you know what, during the break, I'll pull it up, because it's just a few words that he, he said. And it's the same thing. It's like he's reading from a script. Now, maybe I'm, you know, looking at it, you know, maybe I'm trying too hard or something like that. But it just struck me when I read his statement, you know, because and just read basically, I could probably do it now, but I'll wait till after the break and I'll find it. It's, it's the, the point I'm trying to make is he's saying the same thing, not in a different way. He's saying the same thing, word for word like it's rehearsed, like it's a script. Like, okay, Mr. President, that thing that thing that was kind of talked about, it went down. Here's your statement. You get my catch my drift? That kind of struck me as odd and still strikes me as odd that uh Obama said the same thing. Essentially, okay. Well, folks, you know, I am a little irritated this afternoon. I am. I'm watching my country, you know, slip through my fingers and nobody seems to give a crap. I'm watching things go on that are just outrageous. And all we can do and all we can focus on is more of the same. Just more of the same. Instead of trying to fix it. And I don't have all the answers. But together, we have to do more. That's what I'm trying to say. We have to do more. I can't be the only one. Frank can't be the only one. Aladas can't be the only one. And on and on it goes. There needs to be more of us out there. If we really care. Because this, I don't look, I, I don't do this for, you know, laughs. I, I could, you know, I could, I could think of other things to do. I don't do this for laughs. I take this very seriously. I just do. I guess I'm one of those kind of guys that puts his heart on his sleeve. That's just how I am. And, and I'm not saying it to, to put myself up there on some kind of a pedestal. I'm not. That's just who I am. I've had numerous people tell me, Jay, you are just too intense, man. You're too intense. It's, everything is just, you know, too intense. Well, I'm not always like that. But when it comes down to matters like this, I don't know any other way to be. Because, again, we're not talking about, you know, whether or not, you know, white walls or black walls, tires for my car. We're talking about some pretty serious things right here. And we all have a stake in it. This is a big deal. I believe, I believe the, I believe the, uh, the preservation of this once great nation, or at least the resurrection of it, is a big deal. And I take it very seriously. Maybe someday I won't. <laughs> Maybe someday I won't. But I'm not ready to give up yet. Yeah, I didn't really want to do a show today because I'm a stick in the mud. But I'll keep driving on. But I would like to, you know, I would like to see some people in tow. Now, if that puts you on the spot, well, I apologize for putting you on the spot. But you know what? That's just the way it is. That's just how I am. Well, what I'll do during the break is I will look up a couple of the articles, or at least, yeah, I'll look up a couple of the articles. I was distracted there in the chat room for a second about what Obama said, because I believe, and that's what I mean about, you know, you have to examine things. You have to really, you have to pay attention to stuff, and then you can, then you yourself can 
can decide and pick it apart for yourself. It doesn't always have to be me or Frank or, or someone else. So just I'm just kind of imploring people to do more, guys. That's all I'm that's all I'm asking. You know, read an article, write a letter, make a phone call, say something, talk to your neighbors. But first and foremost, you need to buy a gun. You need to buy a gun, you need to do it now. Anybody that has failed to do so, uh at this point, you know, you're failing your family, you're failing yourself, and you're failing this nation, and you're failing God. There, folks. How many times do I say it in the chat room to buy a rifle? How many times do I say it on the air to buy a gun and protect yourself? And if that advice, if that advice uh, doesn't, you know, uh, you know, if you don't heed to that advice, I don't know what to say, honestly. Uh, you know this because I've had people. Hey, I've had men tell me, grown men, that they're eh, they're kind of nervous around guns and they're scared of guns. Well, that is a really uh, that's kind of being a sissy, if you ask me. Because, like I said, if there was a webcam, you'd see my Glock 21 sitting right next to me. It hasn't moved. It doesn't go off on its own. Yes, you have to get some training, and yes, you need to uh, uh, you need to uh, familiarize yourself with it. But they're very easy. Firearms are very easy to to operate, and they're very easy to control, and they're easy to take apart and put together, all those things. And they're easy to shoot. And there's nothing like the movies or on television. I mean, if any, because that's what a lot of people, I believe, is their version of how a gun reacts, is what they see on uh, the TV shows, cop shows, or in the movies, you know. You take Rambo, and he has a, a, an M16 rifle, with a 30-round magazine in it, and he, the whole movie, he never dumps his mag. The whole movie. He's full auto the whole movie. He never changes a magazine. Well, that's really not how it works. That's unrealistic. But that's how the politicians think it works. And it is how they think it works. They think it's like a, an, an infinity-round magazine. Well, I can tell you this. A full auto M16, you pull the trigger, and about less than a second, you've got 30 rounds downrange. It happens that fast. And you probably only you know put one or two bullets on target because it's very inaccurate method of firing uh, at the you know at the same time. So so don't be afraid of guns. If you are you know buy a smaller caliber, get a nine millimeter, get a three eighty. Don't listen to the people that say that the three eighty or the nine millimeter are weak rounds. And you know what? Because it beats a whistle and it beats uh, hiding under a, a you know hiding in a bathroom stall waiting waiting for a gunman to come and murder you. Because you were too stupid. You were too stupid and afraid to go buy a gun and protect yourself. All right, folks. I apologize for, uh, you know, for being a, a bit on edge this afternoon. But like I said, uh, this kind of stuff, these kind of events, because they just don't make any sense. You know, it, it would be one thing if if there was just some sense to be made of it. But there is no sense to be made of any of this. I believe that there's an agenda going on here. And I'll, I'll get into it further after the break, because there's another point that I think is a very important point about this whole thing that uh, needs to be made, but we're close to the break, so I'll wait until after the break. But stay tuned, please, because I'm going to make that point. And to make sure I make the point, I'm going to write it down, because I tend my brain tends to sometimes overlook some things. So... We will see you after the break, folks. Information fire. The new number two. Who is number one? 
You are number six. I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs>
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Joe, I ain't 
Welcome back to the second half of the Condition Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. You're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. Again, this is my live show for the 3rd of December, 2015. It's about 40 minutes past the hour. Okay. Let me just reiterate, go to my website. And that is, excuse me, that is conditioncriticalshow.com. Again, conditioncriticalshow.com. Go to my website. There you will find uh, my blog. Now, hold on, I just messed that up, so give me a second there, folks. Uh, There you will find my blog, and you can read the many articles and the different things that uh, I posted on my blog. So, hold on. Hold on. There we go. I really do just kind of do this off the fly, folks, and I'll I'll get into that here in a second. there's my website. Now, it does come up as Ivor684.com, and perhaps, you know, because I'm an idiot when it comes to all this computer and links and all that type of stuff, my, you know, I have, I initially had Ivor684.com, and it was just my blog. And then I, I bought another domain, ConditionCriticalShow.com. And for whatever reason, maybe the, the links just need to be fixed somehow, uh, and it will you know, it will come up differently, because uh, either way you'll get to the same place. But, yes, my website is conditioncriticalshow.com, which contains my blog. So there's that. The, the donate link Frank had posted, it's in there. Uh, let's see, that's about it. Now, what I wanted to do is, what I wanted to do is comment on, on some of the things that Obama has come out and said. And then there was some chatter in the chat room, and I'll get, I'll, I'll get into that. <clears throat> First, some of the rhetoric that, like, Obama has come out with, and I found something here. Let me pull it back up. And and this is one of his quotes, and this is a quote from Obama. We should never think that this is something that just happens in the ordinary course of events, because it doesn't happen with the same frequency in other countries. He said similar things, almost the same thing each time. And there's another, and the other part of that quote I, I couldn't find it, you know, at the moment, because they're, they're, you know, look, I, I think they're, they know what they do, and they don't want to leave that stuff out there for people to pick apart. I believe that's why they make it difficult for you to find or they take it down. Because it just struck me as odd, uh, guys and girls, it just struck me as odd that he's, you know, he said the same thing. Okay? Very similar. Same thing. It's just, anyway, I won't, I just wanted to, to get that out there. 
Now, let me, let me propose this to you, you know, because, you know, you know, with this latest thing, of course, you have the cry for more gun control. Of course, like I just said, that's nonsense. Okay. That's an extreme view. Okay. And, and it just is. But here's the thing. Why? Why the call for more gun control? Because in my opinion, and it's really not an opinion, it's the fact there are, are already way too many gun laws right now. And in fact, I would say, I would be willing to, to bet that some of those laws overlap one another, and they're like redundant. That's just, how, that's just how many there are. So why the talk for more gun Because you get my drift? Why, the, why more gun control? I mean, when you already have mounds of gun control laws, regulations, and codes, and ordinances, and bans, and restrictions, and all that, that already don't work. Well, folks, because they're setting us up for the next move. I believe the next step and it's a and it's not really it might sound like a a huge leap as you as I say it but you have to keep in mind how long they've been doing these these gun control laws and and so forth okay they've been doing this for a long time incremental very incremental so there's only one logical next step and that is confiscation that's all there is to it there aren't any more gun control laws that are going to, because the, the ones they have now don't work. So why more? So don't think for a moment that they're not considering the next step. And, you know, you can call in and, and dispute that claim, 1-800-932-1980, 1-800-932-1980. I often fail to give out the number. I, you guys know it, and anyone that wants to call in, uh, you don't have to wait for me to give out the number. You can call in, and I'll do my best. Uh, trying to answer your questions or have a conversation with you, since I'm really not a professional at doing this sort of thing. But that's really, in my opinion, the next step is confiscation. And I don't care if that sounds conspiratorial, uh, conspiratorial or uh, nut job lunatic. And see, that's what they'll say. That's what they'll say. They always want to say our views are the extreme ones when it's quite the opposite. But most people are just too afraid to come out and say, wrong, man, you're setting us up for something, and there's only one logical step left for the federal goons to, to implement and to employ, and that is outright confiscation. And that's going to – and look, and, and, and the, I think the reason they haven't done it yet is because they know that's gonna, that is going to ensue a bloodbath. Uh, so what they're trying to do is, is just call the herd, so to speak. You know, if they can scare enough people into, why do you think they have gun buyback programs? You think they do that just for craps and giggles? No, they do. They ever. They don't do things randomly. They don't do things for the benefit of the people ever, ever, ever. That's one thing you have to understand: is that the federal goon squad, the federal government, never do things for the benefit of the American people ever, ever. And they don't do things at random. They always have a reason why they do it. That's why they have gun buyback programs. The more guns they can get, they're backfilling. They're just taking and taking and taking. And at some point, at some point, the scales are going to tip in their favor. And then they're going to make their move. That sounds like a radical idea? Well, it's, you know what? It's not my idea. It's theirs. It's not my idea. It's their idea. I'm just pointing it out. So I don't care what people say if that sounds conspiratorial and that guy's a nut job. It's not my idea. Open your ears and listen. Watch. Pay attention. Both hands are not behind my back. You get my drift? 
When the government's talking to you, they're doing it with both hands behind their back. You catch my drift? I'm out in the open. There's some other chatter in the chat room, and this is kind of on point. It's about this nonsense. And again, I said it at the beginning of the show. I hate nonsense. I despise nonsense. But see, this is, what they're, this is another method that the government uses to try and scare people. They talked about these two individuals, these two, whoever they were, individuals having an, a, a stockpile of ammunition. And someone in the pointed it out in the chat room, Matt, pointed it out in the chat room that that was kind of nonsense. 2,000 rounds of 9mm ammunition? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's stockpiling ammunition? <laughs> See? But you know what? But the average person on the street would probably be more frightened of that, just that alone, than they would be of a direct threat in their face. With a robber, a mugger right in their face, they would be more afraid of hearing, just hearing, just hearing it, not even seeing a picture of it or being standing next to it. They would be more afraid to hear, and they would gasp, Oh my God! Oh my God! I can't believe it! He had, honey, did you hear? Children, hide! He had thousands of rounds of ammunition! Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, guys. People are that frightened. They are that frightened. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So it's important to point that out as well. These are the kind of things you need to be getting across to your representatives and to your neighbors and to your coworkers. I encourage everyone. In fact, it's a challenge. I, want each, I would like each and every one of you to call your congressman today and say, hey, you know what? This whole ammunition stockpiling nonsense that's been coming out, this recent uh, government-orchestrated shooting in California, and you should say it in those terms. Well, that's nonsense. Uh, what do you think the government does with ammunition? Do you think the FBI has a, a little... Do you think... I mean, is it possible that the FBI... Let's just say a basic field office somewhere, like in Topeka, Kansas. Do you think it's possible that they have more than 9,000 rounds of... or 10,000... Or, or, I'm sorry, 2,000 rounds of 9mm ammunition, do you think it's possible? Well, if it's such a radical thing, then I guess not. I guess not. I guess maybe they just have like a box of ammunition, like 50 rounds. They probably don't even have that much, because, you know, that would be too much and that might scare people. Really? Do you think that's really the case, people? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they have entire warehouses full of ammunition. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? What good's the, what good's the firearm without the ammunition? And I talked about it on a show recently, uh, you know, about preparedness and so forth, of, of what to have. You know, your basic T.O.N.E. For, for guns, if you will. You need to have one semi-automatic pistol, a one semi-automatic rifle, one bolt-action rifle. And I left that one out, but I just added that now. And then a twenty-two caliber rifle. You can go back and listen to the show <clears throat> or read. I posted a pretty lengthy uh, blog uh, article on preparedness and it's it's not complete because I plan on updating in that as things come to my mind but I encourage you to go to go and read that and what I'll do is I'll I will uh, I'll go ahead and post that into the chat room right now and you can read it and if you find you know something missing something that needs to be added or taken out or some mistakes in there there's the article read it for yourself but uh, and let me know make comments but you know Okay, so I have a Glock 21 45 caliber pistol. 
You should have at least a thousand rounds of ammunition for that. At least. Always. That doesn't mean you have a thousand rounds and then you go to the range next week and shoot up a couple of boxes and now you have, you know, less than a thousand. No. Your basic T-O-N-E for that handgun is a thousand. That's just basic. I would even say two thousand rounds. But, um, you know, people, it's expensive. I understand that there's cost involved. But you can do it incrementally. It is cheaper to buy it in bulk, although it's more expensive up front. It is cheaper. But, look, I understand if you can only buy a box at a time. This is, I've had people ask me, you know, how do you do it? What's the best way to do it? And this is what I said to a guy. Try and commit to just buying a box of ammunition a month. And then after that, try two boxes a month. And then just stick with it. It's not that hard. I mean, how often do you just go out and blow $25? I mean, just think about it. You don't have to get, just buy ball ammunition. You know, buy good quality stuff, but you don't have to get, like, the most expensive hollow points and just get some ball ammunition. You just need to have some ammunition. Yes, you do need some of the, the, uh, the higher quality or the, the more, what do you call it? I don't know. I hate to use the word more better and all that, but, you know, they have some, some pretty good defensive rounds out there, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. And, yes, you should have that, and that's what you should be carrying in your carry uh, magazine and when you go out of the house armed with your handgun you should always have a backup magazine always always carry at least two magazines this is a big now the Glock 21 is a full-size handgun it's it's fairly big and it's heavy so hold on a second well it looks like I have a caller so go ahead caller what's your name hey Jay it's Spudman from Idaho Spudman from Idaho it's good to to talk to you what what can I do for you this afternoon you the man, dude. I just want to give you props. You're on fire. You're kicking ass. And, um, yeah, I know it gets discouraging sometimes, but you're a hero, and, and so is Frank, and anybody who stands up and says this stuff, it needs to be said. So I, I just want to say I appreciate you. Um, you were talking about the Venn diagram and, and things overlapping and what, what people can agree on, I, and, and I agree. I think there's a lot that people that we as Americans, law-abiding, freedom-loving Americans, can agree on. And I think that's going to get even more clear the worse things get. Uh, it's going to get real clear that we have to take care of some basics here, and uh, the, the divide-and-conquer stuff has to be left behind. We're going to have to get unified. And, and uh, I think that if things get as bad as, as, as people think they're going to get, um, which is quite possible, uh, you know, we're just going to, we're going to have, I think people, good people are going to have to work together and the rest can go to hell and eat a bullet because, uh, you know, we intend to make it through this somehow, even if it gets bad. And uh, somebody in the chat room the other night pointed out that uh, the government has always been our enemy, um, but they used to at least do what was necessary to keep the little people happy. Now it's getting really obvious that that's all done. They're not playing nice anymore. The parasites are devouring the host, and they are, they are coming for us. They are totally, blatantly out in the open our enemy now. They've Absolutely. let everything go to pot. They're, 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 they're bringing in shooters and, and culture rot and, and uh, you know, extremism and all this crazy stuff. And, um, that's, an important, that's, a, that's a very excellent point. That's a very you know, excellent point. It's like all out now. They don't... You were right when you said that. They, they're not even trying any longer. They're not even trying. It's, and it, is, it is blatant. It's, and it's so blatant that it's... I mean, it's so obvious that it's, it doesn't even make any sense that people 
don't see that. Well, if, if, people, if you, you know, they, I hate to use the term cognitive dissonance. They just don't want to believe it could get that bad. I don't want to believe it could get that bad. But at some point, you just have to look at what's going on and take the blinders off. <laughs> you know, live your life as well as you can. Love those that, that are in your life, you know. And, and you know, don't let it get you down. Don't let it stop you from doing what you got to do. But, but uh, be prepared. I mean, That's we can't time. scream it loud enough. Be no. freaking prepared. Well, that's what I do every week when I come so, on here, and that's what I—that's what I do. I encourage people to to just get prepared and be prepared. And first, you got to pay attention. I mean, you can't get prepared unless you're paying attention first. And it sounds like that you are paying attention, and that's yeah. what more people need to do: pay attention yep. and say some of the things like you just said. You're you weren't afraid to call in and make some comments that other people oh, might yes, think. Oh yes, I was. But you did it anyway, and that's <laughs> that's bravo because that's. That's encouraging. More people need to do that. Thank you, Spud, for calling in and, and saying what you just said. See, people, yeah. it really isn't that hard. It really isn't that hard. Well, and, you know, this divide-and-conquer thing has got people, look, they're watching the TV and they're watching the circus and they're, they're split along all these stupid hairs. They're listening to the narrative, the controlled narrative that's being handed to us by a bunch of commies over the television. It's pathetic. It is pathetic. It's freaking pathetic. Turn it off and pay attention. You know, I, mean, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what to tell people. I get frustrated, too, you know. It's like, I don't know yeah. how many more times I can tell people to turn their television off. I mean, one yeah. more time? I mean, I can say it one more time. People turn your television off. Beyond that, they got to make the first, then they got to make the next move. they got to yeah. be able to see it. they yeah. got to be able to see it. I can't, I'm yeah. not that smart. I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk over you, but I'm not no. that smart. I mean, I, if I can only watch, you know, 12 seconds of television before I'm repulsed, what does that make me? I mean, does it really make me that much smarter than the average well, American? I don't think that's so. What it sa- that's what it says on your blog at the very top. It says, if you're not sickened, you're not healthy. Healthy people are buckling over getting ready to vomit at this crap, and we're all getting fed up. So it's time to band together with people you can trust and love along very common, common-sense lines of survival and mutually beneficial behaviors and like I said, the, the rest who don't want to think that way can eat a bullet because that's the way it is. Well, they're you going know? to eat a bullet. That's, this is a fact. They are going to yeah. eat a bullet. I mean, not from me. <laughs> okay. Not from me yeah. or not from you. Yeah, unless they come up to you. You know, but otherwise, yeah, let's, let's get together, folks. And let's, we have to unite against a common enemy. That's what people aren't seeing is that we do have a common enemy. And this has got to get handled. <laughs> I, just, I, mean, I just want to thank you again for your efforts, bro. And um, um, that's all i got to say. I'll, I'll catch you on the flip side. Okay, thanks for calling in, Spud. Thanks. Well, there you go, guys. That was uh, Spud from Idaho calling in. It's real easy to do. We're getting down towards the end of the show, and I want to try and get this out before the end of the show. I really am, guys, just an average person. I'm a, I'm a full-time. i got a full-time job. I have a wife and kids. I'm just a guy out here in the state of Washington who just used to call into radio shows often, a lot, just somebody who's always cared. Then I started a blog, and it wasn't even my idea, but I did it. And, you know, I'm not Pat Buchanan, but see, I'm doing things. And, and then, I did, then I started doing a radio show. And, I mean, let me tell you, you know, I bought all kinds of equipment, and it's been an investment, but, but I'm doing it. I mean, I'm just doing it. I'm just an average guy doing this. So, certainly, certainly... You guys, and I'm not speaking directly to you guys in the chat room or my listeners, 
but a little bit maybe I am. I'm just speaking in general that it really is that easy. I'm, it really is. You can just do it. And I, that's what I would like to try and, you know, emphasize every week is that you can do it. We can do this. Well, thanks for tuning in, folks, uh, this week. I won't see you in, until next Tuesday. I'm done for the week, as they say. Thank you, each and every one of you, for listening. God bless each and every one of you. That includes Frank for doing all of his hard work. And my website, fella, thank you. Until next week, folks, you know, God bless. And remember, freedom comes from the sword. See you next week. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to Wichita Homeless. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Welcome to the Messiah's Branch Broadcast. A one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Welcome to Mission Watch Live, the Messiah's Branch National Satellite Radio Program. We are broadcasting live from the Philippines of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is December 3rd, 2015.
Now a prayer, and I'll bring on tonight's guest. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray. Father, I pray that radio tonight goes according to your will and not my will, nor my guest's will, but your will, Father. And please give everybody out there ears in which to hear the truth. Amen and amen. Well, tonight's guest is the founder of American Voice Radio. He also has a daily radio program called The Frank Report. Well, he also is a producer of this program, so, you know, if it, things go good or things go bad, well, we know who to blame. Yuck, yuck. Anyway, I brought him on for some, well, Frank talk about the shooting in California and some other things. Are you there with me, Frank? I am, Dan. Okay. Well, we, are you ready to talk, Frank, Frank? Well, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't resist that. I, I know I'm terrible. I, um, anyway, hey, Dan, after... you know what, though? Before we go on, you need to turn your volume down even further because uh, somehow you've got that thing jacked up to where it's, it's kind of messing with your voice. Really? Um, let's try this. And I know in my connection over here, I've got a slight hum in my mic. But there's nothing I can do about that right now. So, it's slight, but it's there. Are you there, Dan? Well, you're not hearing me. Now I'm hearing you now. Now I'm starting to hear you. Is that too low? No, I can fix that. That's fine. Okay, that has something to, folks, that has something to do not with Frank's end or mine. That has something to do with Skype. Anyway, um, <laughs> we had problems over here with Skype just before Thanksgiving, uh, if you remember right, Frank. Yeah. And in fact, I called the company. After, uh, we had a terrible time getting on, and I ended up using my cell phone. Uh, but it turned out to be a good program with my wife. But So I called the company right after that, and uh, while they said, oh, nothing's going on, nothing's going on, I said, really? Well, my computer's by that time weren't even barely working and I've got like 30 megabytes you know what is it uh, download upload speed you know and uh, then a few hours later everything was perfectly back and uh, so I called them back I said you do anything they said well no and I said you mean to tell me I just called you you said there was no anyway that's their story and they're sticking to it so uh, we may have, I think we're experiencing a lot more traffic because of the holiday season. What do you think? Yeah, but that's probably true. That's probably yeah, absolutely. true. Um, now, what I brought you on to talk about was numerous things. I mean, after break, I want to talk about our wonderful Thanksgiving we had at the Mission Church. But what do you think about this? Um, well, you know what? If Obama gets his way, they're going to call it workplace violence again. California yesterday. Well, yeah, they were having a banquet. I, I would hardly call that work. And, you know, somehow or another, I got to imagine that these, uh, you know, because this is a social services community center building, so it's not full all the time. You know, so these people must have known about this banquet. You know what I mean? I mean, they had to know, okay, they're going to be having a banquet. This is where we're going to go and do this while they're all there. Because, I mean, if they weren't having that banquet, they'd have showed up to a pretty much empty building. Yeah, absolutely. He actually, uh, in one of the news reports that I heard, um, he's actually is an employee of this place. And uh, the fact is that he went to the same function 
last year. So it's something they do every year. And, uh, uh, you know, workplace violence is usually somebody gets mad at something, you know, and then they go pick up a gun and shoot somebody or so on and so forth. But in this case, you know, these people had uh, tons of guns. They have connections directly to Saudi Arabia. They just back, in fact, got back from Saudi Arabia not long ago, um, visiting it. And I think they also visited Pakistan. They're thinking that the woman might have. So, you know, it, it just shows you the politically correctness. Um, you know, what Obama wants us to believe that is making us unsafe. Back to you. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, look, when it's a white guy, you know, a white cop even shooting a black criminal... It's a big deal. But when it's, uh, you know, Muslims or Muslim sympathizers, then it's workplace violence. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, these guys, man, you know, the, the narrative they put out there is, is it, 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 to, for people to believe it is amazing to me. Especially after all this time. You know, I mean, you've heard it over and over again, and, and, and been, it's been proven to be just, full of it and yet there's there's a you know segment of the population that is actually going oh boy you know oh we got to do something with guns well my whole idea that i've been you know actually the last shooting is when i said that's it well no it was a few shootings before the last one but i you know this whole policy is failed okay the idea was, okay, we don't want people getting shot. Well, okay, fine. Nobody wants people getting shot. So what are we going to do about it? Well, let's make a bunch of restrictive laws on law-abiding citizens carrying guns. All right, so fine. We do that for 40 years, right? Well, what have we gotten for it? Well, now we have gun-free zones, which are shooting galleries that, you know, these, any lunatic with a gun knows, hey, go to a gun-free zone and uh, you can, you know, rack up a bunch of dead bodies before somebody shows up and kills you. Right. What would have happened if a couple of those people had guns, Dan? Well, it would have been stopped immediately, and, and there's really the point. In fact, um, listen to this absurd... I'm, you know, first off, you know what... Um, assault rifles, this was California, assault rifles have already been banned in, in California. But uh, listen to what just came out from the White House. This is pretty short. The White House officials have been trying to draft an executive order that would effectively reinterpret existing law to require all of such sales to go through background check system. But listen to this. White House spokesman Josh Ernest said that President Obama thinks that gun control would help deter who? Terrorists. Ernest made the comments today at the White House Daily Briefing. Um, Pete Ducey, which is a reporter, said, President Obama yesterday jumped in to say that the mass shootings means it's time for common sense gun laws. Does the president really think that common sense gun laws would deter terrorists that have now admitted that these may be two terrorists? The White House press secretary says, well, yes, the president believes that passing common sense gun laws that makes it harder for people with bad intentions to get guns makes the country safer, the reporter. But, um, but so the president thinks when there's potentially two Sarah sitting around planning a mass murder, they will call it off because President Obama has put in commonplace gun laws. 
Ernest, the press secretary. Will Peter, we're still learning of the precise motives of the individuals who carried out this heinous acts of violence yesterday. But one thing we do know is that the four firearms that they were welding were legally purchased under the laws in place now. That's a fact. So that might lead some to conclude that we should have made it a little harder for them. Would that have changed the entire outcome? We're still investigating the situation, but I guess the question is, well, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we make it harder for them? What's the explanation for that? That's their mentality. Back to you. Well, and, you know, and it all sounds just reasonable and fine. Yeah, boy, that sounds like a great idea. And you know what? If you hadn't been trying to do that for the last 40 years, and we sit here and watch it failing, we might buy that. But, you see, we've given that a chance. It's not like this is a new idea of theirs. They've been doing this for 40 years, making it harder on them, whoever them is. It doesn't work. It's a failed policy. Look, eh, look, what kind of a moron really <laughs> thinks, okay, we have a nation of 330 million people, right? Right. Who really in their right mind can think that any government or any force or any military or any anybody can set up, well, we'll protect you. Really? You're going to protect 330 million people from a lunatic coming into a shopping center or a church or wherever? No, you're not. You're going to come and shovel up the people into the morgue bus. That's all you're going to be able to do. The only people that can protect themselves are the people in the shopping center, in the church, in wherever, when the lunatics come running in with guns. And when they open fire, you open fire back and, and put an end to it. Yeah, a couple people might die. But look in France, not 130. If a few people in that crowd would have had guns, yeah, a few people might have gotten shot. But not 130. Well, right. And France, uh, let's point that out. France was a gun-free zone yeah, also. Yeah, it that, is. And as is California, where they were at was a gun-free zone. And that seems to be, you know, one contributing factor to all these uh I'll call them nuts, maniacs, whatever you want to call them, but that is the biggest contributing factor in most of these cases that they're going to a place that's in a, what they call it soft target. It just means no guns here, so let's go, because they don't want to get shot in reality. They want to accomplish what they want to accomplish before anybody takes them out, and in some cases, in the end, they take themselves out. Back to you. Well, you know, and that's what we're being shown. I don't know who these people are. I don't know if they're really killed. I don't know. You know, the, the government and the media working together have become so devious that I can't trust anything they say to me. They can, I can't trust what they show me in videos. You know, because, oh, oh, look. Oh, look at the bombing. Look at all the, uh, all the people running around. And then you find out, oh, okay, so there's a bunch of people with their uh, cell phones taking videos. Oh, look. That guy in the wheelchair's, uh, you know, stump that got his leg blown off, supposedly, in the bombing. Oh, wait. That's an, it's falling off his real stump. How's that happen? Yeah, he's a fake. Okay, so what, what's up with that? How can we believe anything? And then they take audio recordings. You remember, uh, what's his name, the, uh, 
the guy who shot the poor little innocent black criminal who was casing joints in a, in a neighborhood he didn't belong in. Yeah. And, and the guy shot him because he, he decided to jump him and start beating his head on the cement. Right, right, right. Old Trayvon, the baby. Trayvon Martin. Yeah, yeah. the little baby Trayvon. Remember baby Trayvon? Yeah, well, the mean old uh, white Hispanic guy. <laughs> you know, the thing is, what do they do to his 911 recording? They doctored that thing up to make him sound like he was a racist. When it wasn't, they cut out the whole part where the where it was the nine one one dispatch that asked him. Right, right. Well, and and look at that. Look, look at the uh, the picture that was blown out to the American public. It wasn't of Trayvon as he really looked before he died. It was Trayvon as a young innocent kid. You know what I mean? And even though the picture was was old, that's what they portrayed to the media. And so, you know, we are at, people don't get it. We are already at that Orwellian society where, you know, the media is just actually almost part of a government agency. They are. They are. And, and, and it's not almost. Because really, okay, so let's say you decide, Dan, that you're going to be Rupert Murdoch and you're going to start a television network, Okay. So you go to the government and you say, hey, this is what I want to do. And they say, okay, fine, we'll give you a license. Well, with that license comes rules, obligations. You better play ball this way or we'll pull this license and you won't be broadcasting anymore. Well, they can say that's a private business. But how private is your business when everything you say, everything you do you know, is under the rule of you better, you know, toe the line or we'll pull your license. You might yeah. as well be a government agency. Yeah, absolutely. Even if they're unintentionally being a government agency, and, and I can relate that to the 5013C church that became corporate, you know, the yep. church became a corporation. Them too. Well, they never thought of I'm sure the, the, the people have good intentions and they figure that's what they got to do, but they don't realize that all these rules that they come up with, they've got to do what the government's bidding. And so they're not being, Christ isn't the head of them, the government is. Right. And it's just like that license that you're saying. Sure. You know what, and, and, and I've been reading a, a, an awful lot, you know, I've been keeping up on the, the election, you know, if it even becomes that. But uh, the people in the powers that be are really, I mean, from Republican uh, people in power to uh, you know, government, everybody is going nuts over Trump in the sense that they don't know what to do about him because he keeps turning down money and saying, no, you're not going to pay me to do this. He won't play their game and he won't go by the rules. Well, and he doesn't and, have to. He's got $10 billion of his own money. Right. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, he probably can't put his hands on $10 billion, but he can put his hands on enough money that he doesn't need to be taking bribes. Right. Right. And that's really what it comes down to, is bribes. They're not, right. what, 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 oh, so you just believe in me so much that you want to donate money, really? And then when I get to be president, you won't be calling my phone. You won't be knocking on my door asking for favors, will you now? Ha! <laughs> you know, how do you think these people get to spend the night in the Lincoln bedroom? They didn't yeah. do that for free. Yeah, absolutely. And what's funny is is because these people get mad, you know, n nobody can perfectly keep secrets and, and, you know, be on all the time. And there has been, in, in some of this coverage that I've been reading, 
some of the interviewers have actually let it slip. You know what these these people that have money, you know, have been saying. You know, and in fact, that's what they said. Well, you know, the thing with Trump, he won't play ball. You know, if we give him money, he won't do the the favors that we ask him, and he won't even take our money, he won't take our calls. Well, duh, you know, and who is supposed to tell everybody that? You know, but uh, they're going nuts. Actually, I don't think that there's a way to stop Trump unless short of stopping Trump in a permanent. Well, you know, I mean, look, the only one, that's one way, but the only other person that can stop Trump is Trump. You know, if he does something really stupid, yeah, he can, he could, he could mess himself up. And he's capable of that, you know. Uh, But then again, anybody is, except the most controlled, phony fake. You know, if you're if you're really telling the truth and you're really telling people what you really think, you're always in danger of saying something that's going to offend a bunch of people. Right. right. But you know, as long as you go, okay, listen, uh, you know, here's the script. Don't you know? This is the thing. Oh, you'll never offend anybody that way, except you see, the real, you know, hey, look, I don't expect Democrats to like Trump. <laughs> you know, they, why would they? I mean, but a lot of more. Go ahead. His biggest enemy is his own party. That's an absolute fact. That's why they put Paul Ryan in there. Um, this whole burner uh, resigning thing or going to get thrown out, that was all contrived. They needed some, in my opinion, they needed somebody to stand up because they're afraid Trump will get into office. And they put Ryan in there because of Ryan's policies uh, are, you know, pro-immigration, pro-amnesty, and so on and so forth. I believe they put Ryan in there because they believe Trump's going to be president and they need somebody. They're hoping that he will run interference. Well, I'll tell you one thing. That that is about all they got because, uh, look, if I'm going to see a conflict between a Republican Speaker of the House and a Republican president, I'm going to I'm, I'm putting my money on the president. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, the Speaker has some power. Uh, but the president can make his life really hard if, you know, he chooses to, right. oh, you don't want to play ball with me? Okay, you know, we'll see how you like this. You know, because really, the president, if you get to be the president, whichever party you're in, mm-hmm. you're basically the head of that party. Okay? Right. You know, yeah. and, and, you know, you're not going to have your employees telling you, uh, we don't want to go along with you. Oh, yeah? Huh. <laughs> Well, then get off the bus. Yeah. You don't want to go where we're going? Get off the bus. That, that That's what you tell the speaker. And if you don't want to go, you make them go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I, I always thought to myself, I don't know if I've ever said it on radio, I said, but in order for this country to have any kind of hope at all, beyond the fact of it needs repentance and turning back to the church, we would need a president that would not care about the next election, would just go in and fix everything that's wrong, and, you know, uh, the heck with the other guns. I'm just going to go for it, and I'm going to do it. And you know what? It almost looks like he's fitting the bill. But, Frank, we're well, all... Who knows? Up- but yeah. have, uh, before we go to break, have you seen this article about the uh, Republican Party secret, <laughs> which ain't much of a secret now, but a seven-page confidential memo telling Senate candidates in the Republican Party how to deal with Trump? Yeah, I did. I thought it was 
boy. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think there's another memo out there that te- that that tells him what to do in case he gets the yeah yeah that's it. I've seen it and it's funny. Uh, Frank, tell them where they can find you in the daytime. We got to go to break. Oh well, theamericanvoice.com. Right. Amen. We'll be back, folks. Dan will be right back. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
This is Pastor Dan Catlin, and you're listening to Mission Watch Live on the American Voice Radio Network. Um, and now we are back. I'm going to go ahead and bring him back on. We're talking with Frank Stefan. He also he does the Frank Report on American Voice Radio. He is also, um, well, the founder, owner, whatever you want to call it, of American Voice Radio. Okay, Frank, are you there? I am. I, I want to talk a little bit about our mission church. Yeah, I was going to, you know, I was going to, that's funny because I was going to say that. Hey, why don't you tell us about you know, Thanksgiving at the mission. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, you know, first off, uh, first off, I really enjoyed that pre- uh, that pregnant <laughs> that <laughs> program. Not pregnant. My wife doesn't do- get pregnant anymore. Either. We won't go into that anyway. But um, program. I really enjoyed doing that program with her just before Thanksgiving. Even though we had a hard time getting started, but the thanksgiving well we figured that we were she thought that we'd have about uh you know 128 people you know oh <laughs> which is a lot of people for a place that in our main room we have like uh 40 chairs you know and so then we have uh seating for another 30 outside we have a bench in the hall that can hold oh three on it and then two we probably have seating for maybe inside probably a total of about 55 or 60 at the most um, outside another 30 but guess what happened I don't know if any of you knew what happened in the Kansas weather but we had an ice storm on Thanksgiving wow and man, yeah it was a mess and uh, but which kept it down that we ended up serving 77 um, people now that's a large that's still a large number you yeah. know that made us overcrowded especially coming out in an ice storm well, but here's the point. The, uh, we usually serve, you know, I always say, well, we're taking care of the homeless and poor. Right. Well, that was mostly homeless that, that showed up. Uh, there was a few from the neighborhood that showed up, but it was mostly on Thanksgiving Day was all homeless. And so, you know, we, had, we ended up for, because we did serve uh, Thursday and Friday, um, we served out, uh, well, we, we ended up buying, what was the number? Here it is. She said we had 30 turkeys, and, and then we had 25 pies, and we also, she wanted me to point out, we had a red velvet cream stuffed cake, which everybody really loved. In fact, she served them. She said her dad um, always uh, said that uh, you should have your dessert before your dinner. And so, uh, before, before <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know what they got before they got turkey dinner? They got pies, and we had every kind of pie. I can't even remember all of them. We had banana cream pie, chocolate pie. Well, actually, what had happened is one of the guys that comes to church on a regular basis, he goes to this one place for coffee, and you know, he just you know, he said he never asked anybody for anything, but he asked him. He said, "Well, do you ever have any leftover pies?" And he explained to him what we did for Thanksgiving. Well, they donated 17 pies that they get about 15 bucks a shot for. Wow, that's cool. Oh, yeah. And so we bought the additional that took it up to 25 pies because the the pies that, that people didn't pick up, they sold, let's go with that, 
for Thanksgiving. Um, by the time we we went on there and picked up the pies and we we were talking to them, they said that they had did something like in the neighborhood of six hundred pies for Thanksgiving at this restaurant. Wow. You know, to, that people bought for Thanksgiving. But uh, the only kind of pie that the people uh, that was out of the list of pies left behind was pumpkin pies. Anybody that ordered pumpkin pie picked it up. There was no pumpkin pie, so we bought, um, you know, so we bought some pumpkin pies from them, and they gave us a reduced price. And and uh, so anyway, we had twenty five pies, and uh, you know, which were, of course, we made it through Thanksgiving with it, and we served the rest of it out on Thanksgiving Day, which was another ice storm. But more people got out because it was kind of a diminished um, thing, but there was more transportation going on in the city. And so we did have homeless and poor then. We served uh, from, let's see, from one to three, we usually served sandwiches. And we did start off the day that day with hot dogs and grilled cheese sandwiches. And then my wife says, okay, start. She, we're gonna start serving turkey sandwiches. And so she served turkey sandwiches all day, clear up until the time that we served turkey dinner again. But what I'm, I'm trying to say is that people come into our place in two shifts. A lot of people will come in and they'll stay from 1 to 3 or 3.30, uh, and then they'll go out to the, to the uh, you know, Union Rescue Mission or whatever. But, so we actually have two shifts of people that come in. About 30 people will leave right after uh you know right after what i call the brunch or lunch three o'clock and then we have another group that then there's a group that stays but then there's another group that comes in in the evening to, to have that 4:30 meal well the people that come in in a 4:30 meal are usually uh the poor people from the neighborhood and you know we're in not a very good neighborhood we're, we're we shouldn't be in a good neighborhood anyway but the neighborhood we're in there's a lot of cheap motels and all that stuff and People will uh, spend their their disability checks on staying in a motel for a month because they'll charge them $650 a month to check $700. And so, uh, you know, that's what an SSI check is. I think it's $770 or $760. But so they'll spend their money on rent, and uh, then they just have to, you know, look for places to eat. So they'll come over. And so, you know, I guess on Friday, I bet we served 150 people. You know, so uh, we had a lot of good times. The people really enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I always see new faces on Thanksgiving. They say, well, I just heard about you or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're just always overjoyed in what we do because, you know, we do it like they're friends, not that we're an agency. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that sounds like it went real well. Oh yeah, it actually it did, other than the ice storm, it did go real well. But I kind of, in a sense, I think the ice storm made it better because we were able to concentrate on just you know on Thanksgiving itself was mostly just homeless traffic. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's what we you know we cater to those people first. You know what I mean? Because they have gotten absolutely nothing, not even a roof. Right. And so uh, it was really good. We had a lot of good, we had a lot of fun and, and uh, a lot of food. Yeah, wow, a lot of food. My <laughs> wife always overdoes everything. And, uh, uh, but it was, it was really wonderful, you know. Uh, and it turned out at the last minute we was worried about turkeys. And uh, this gentleman from the, uh, I don't want to get too much on him, but to pinpoint somebody might recognize who he is. 
but uh, this that has just started coming in. Um, not a homeless guy, but you know, there's somebody that wants to come in and help from Wichita. Imagine that. Um, and I think he he got us like three boxes of turkeys, and and uh, so that made up the gap. Yeah, that's we, pretty cool because I remember hearing. You know, I listened to your show before Thanksgiving, right? And you were a little, uh, well, stretched thin. Let's put it that way. You know, looking at what's going to happen for Thanksgiving. You know, you know you're going to get more people than normal and uh from what you were saying you know you you had some needs let's put it that way uh right before thanksgiving so it's really cool that they were you know met and everybody got fed that that's how you know that's how it always happens around there you know um well i'm not saying well and it's and it's people because i don't know why so many people seem to wait till the last minute and you know, I take that as a as a as a God thing, you know, because, you know, he he tests your faith to see, well, you know, okay, I told you to do this, you got to prepare this meal now. If you do it the way I want you to do it, um, you just go ahead and don't worry about the food; it's going to be there. And so we go ahead and plan, and and you know, I even told my wife this year, I said, doesn't it? And I said, Linda, or, or actually, I call her mom. I said, Mom. Doesn't it ever bother you that, um, you know, if you're going to have enough to feed or whatever? She said, well, you know, it does at first, but he always takes care of it. You know, he said, uh, like she said on radio, it's like his show with the fishes. You know, she just uh, starts feeding and he takes care of the rest. And so that's by faith. You know what I mean? Um, And that's by faith. So by faith, the people were fed and they had a good time. And uh, amen. You know, uh, I was real satisfied with it. In fact, I'd even gotten some gloves in, some heavy gloves in just right beforehand, and uh, uh, I was able to give out gloves and stocking hats to them, and they were, of course they were really thankful for it. And uh, uh, the only funny part that we had over it, I put this new camera up because there were some bikes that got stole, and one of the homeless guys, and they're always bringing me stuff, wanting to sell stuff to me, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I don't do that all the time, but this guy had a brand new camera that was a you know a video camera that you could you know security camera if you will um a little older one it works off of a cord nothing uh spectacular but it worked so it laid out there on my desk forever and a couple of weeks ago we got some bikes stolen and i was really upset over that and i said wow the camera and so i didn't tell the people i was going to put the camera up i went to them and i put it i uh, put it out on the table. I said, hey, I need to talk to you. And I pointed at the camera and I said, is it, I asked him, I said, is it all right with you if I put this camera up over the back door and aim it towards the bike rack that we just got through fixing? And so it's not going to be over there where you sit, but it's going to be on the gate in the bike rack. And I want to put this up so, and I'm going to put the monitor right out here in front, not in my office not in the kitchen, but right out here in front where you guys all sit. So you can look at the monitor and you can, de- you can, you know, watch your own bicycles, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, so what do you think? And so they, they all said, yeah, yeah, they really liked that idea. Well, so we put the camera up and, uh, uh, the cameras, everybody likes it. And yeah, you can see the bikes and there's not been any bikes stolen. But on Thanksgiving, what's this one girl does that she thinks is funny is she goes out there and she looks at the camera and she turns around and pulls her pants down to her knees and, you know, uh, 
faced it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mooned the camera, but it wasn't really a moon because she did have some shorts on underneath. But you know, everybody went, "Hey, somebody's out there taking their clothes off." But it was, you know, it was <laughs> it was really funny. Absolutely, she knew what she was doing, and and she apologized for it. So I told her, "I said you can't be doing that, you know, around here." And but it was funny, you yeah. know. And she didn't really show a naked butt, you know. Um, <laughs> But you know, it's all in good fun. Yeah, it was, and you know, everybody laughed. You know, um, I was the only one that had to act a little upset. You know, but well, sure, I, you're the adult. You know, you yeah, I'm the adult. I had to go <laughs> in the office and laugh. Yeah, you know, and I didn't see, and I didn't see it either. So you know, but uh, uh, so that was funny. But you know, there's our attitude. You notice I said I asked them if I could put a security camera up. You know. Um, is that the normal way an agency acts, Frank? Uh, no. They have cameras up, whether you like it or not, and they don't even tell you where they're at, and, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, you go into any of these agencies, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's probably somebody out there that doesn't know, but uh, I've never met anybody that doesn't know that if you go into a government agency, and that's really what they are. Again, they can call themselves private. It's just like we were discussing with... You know the media and churches—they're all and they're all hooked up getting this government money. Oh, the yeah. minute you take their money, they run you. Okay, they—they yeah. they own you now. You work for who pays you, and if you're getting money from the government, that's who you work for. They're your boss, and hey, they're into surveillance. Well, well, listen to this. You know, you said that they're all hooked up to the government. They're all hooked on the same problem that the states have. Um, while they don't, supposedly they can't t still tell the states what to do, per, for instance, um, with uh, school. They say, okay, well, we can't tell you what to do, but if you do this certain curriculum, we're going to give you, uh, allow you access to all this extra money. Well, this is the same way the agencies are, are brought in, and they're brought in, um, by saying, hey, look, if you count heads and you get them to sign a sheet um, and you can guarantee that they're not homeless, so to speak, or that they are homeless, rather, um, indigent, then we'll, we, FEMA, um, through, uh, uh, we will pay you so much a head for everybody that you feed. And the money that they give you per head is more than what it costs you to actually feed per head. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so they're making a bunch. Um, you know, it's some people say, well, they need that or whatever. But that's what the church was supposed to do. You understand? Well, and the thing is, you know, what I get is like, look. So okay, you, you're all over the place telling me you're nonprofit, but here you are feeding a homeless guy. Cost. Let's just say it costs you two dollars. Right. You're getting five dollars from FEMA. How is that nonprofit? To me, I'm counting three dollars worth of profit there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You know how how do you go, how do you get by and tell me you're nonprofit? What because yeah. you don't have stockholders or something? I mean that that's the. I mean really, you know, because if some costs you two dollars to do, and somebody's paying you five dollars for it, you are making a profit. Yeah. And let me, you know, this, this this same gentleman had asked me, he said, well, do you get, how do you get your food? Do you, you know, he said, you pay for it out of the food bank, where do you get it? Well, we don't deal with the food bank anymore, and I, won't go, I don't want to down any agencies, so I'm not going to go into them. But we pay 
the deals that we get on foods are the ones that my wife stumbles across at the store, you know, and she's got it down pat. She knows which stores will hit sales at what times of the month. And we pay for it right out of pocket, so to speak, out of the money that's donated. You know, that's where it comes from. And so she buys it in quantity. Like right now, we've got tons of, well, I know enough to last for another month or so, but we got a whole bunch of chicken breasts because she found chicken breast on sale, or chicken strips, you know? Mm. And so she's been cutting those chicken strips up and making great soups out of them, you know, along with that Y2K food that we use. Isn't that a riot? Um, but, you know, I, I am here to testify, Frank, that that dehydrated food that they, those, those companies sell, if you pay attention to their directions, you know, that stuff really does hydrate back up into uh, food that, you know, it's kind of hard to tell um, that it was once dehydrated. No, anyway, no, you can, you, you, can, you can make some great tasting meals out of those dehydrated foods. Uh, like you said, follow the instructions and, uh, you know, just... Add a little spice or something. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And But she uses, you know, she doesn't use... She knows how to hydrate it, so she doesn't make usually what the package says it is, but she takes the vegetables and hydrates them and, you know, puts it all together and makes wonderful soups and stuff. And, it, man, you know... And a big piece of bread with it, you know, and everything, and it's just great. And like I say, chicken breast in it, you know. Um, right now, that's what we seem to have a lot of is chicken breast soup. I guess we could call it. Um, so but, what are you, know, you what are you telling me here, Dan? Are you saying that you don't, you and your wife don't go, uh, you know, feed the homeless slop and then go to the five star restaurant to go eat yourselves? Is that what you're saying? No, I, <laughs> I. Uh, I eat what she may. And my wife's a good cook. Why do I need to go down the street and eat? You know, I, I will give you, tell you one guilty pleasure. A block away, just so I can get the exercise, whether it's a block and a half, is a quick trip. And at the quick trip, I can get a hot dog, a beef hot dog, because I don't eat pork. I can get a beef hot dog for a dollar twenty-five, And if I want chili on it, I can get it for about a dollar fifty. And so I'll walk down there and get a chili dog once in a while. But most of the time, uh, you know, I eat what she I eat what she cooks. You know, why wouldn't I? It's it's good food. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. And and now you talk about agencies, right? How many yeah. of the people working at those agencies eat the same stuff that they maybe give to somebody else to eat? How many of those people? You know, because and I I know the answer because I've been to these agencies all over the country, and they're all a bunch of suits making big money where they're at, handing out slop, <laughs> basically, and and you know, and and that's not just food, it's clothing, it's everything, but it's all junk, it's garbage that the people that are giving it to you that would never consider using it themselves, right? At most of these agencies, and that's the sad point of it, you know that. Right, you're absolutely right. You know, and you wouldn't you would believe some of the stuff people have actually tried to give me, and then turn around and then say, "Well, I need a. Can you give me a thank you note for that?" Because we don't give a receipt. We're not a five hundred one three C, but you know, we will give a thank you note just to say, "Hey, thanks." For, and it just says simply that it doesn't have any number on it or nothing. But it will work if you want to use it for taxes. I'm not down on those folks for taxes to do it for taxes. But, you know, I, that's another conundrum. But anyway, point being is we'll give them a thank you note. But, you know, they want thank you notes for garbage. 
stuff that, that, you know, a trash man will hardly haul away because it's such trash, you know? Or like a guy that one time he says, hey, man, we're butchering a cow. He said, I thought about you guys, and I, and I, I want to know if you want us to keep the guts, so we'll give the guts so you can feed them to the homeless. Really? The guts, um, yeah, thanks. They don't realize. Here's what they don't realize, Frank, um, and this, this should go to everybody. We are supposed to give the first and our best to our father. And, you know, while we can't physically touch him, we ought to do it in the, the manners that he said. And so when you give to the poor, you know, you should have said it. He said, whenever you do it under the least of these, you do it in, under me. So if you want to give to God, you give to the poor. And so you're serving God by serving the poor. So when you give the worst to the homeless or the last to the poor, you know what? You're giving the last to God. And, you know, he recognizes that. So it's the intent of your heart. That's what that, that, that proves it with that parable about the widow's mite, you know. She only had one mite left, and, and she gave that, but it was bigger than all of the big donations because it was the last of what she had. And so it isn't the amount. It's what's from your heart that counts. And believe me, he knows the intentions of her heart. What do you think? Oh, I, absolutely. And that's the that's the whole thing. Is this is why I'm just I'm, I'm not real. I don't have a favorable opinion of very many agencies out there. And even though they can point and say, "Oh, well, we do lots of good work and we help lots of people," and they may help some people, and uh, but you know their intent is is poor. You know, yeah. and uh, if they accidentally help somebody. Well, good, but you know what? That that is the least of their concerns. Okay, they they only do that as a, as a as a like you say a last resort. Right. Yeah. Okay. We've done all our other agency things. Now we got to do the thing that you know. Uh, uh, let's throw out some garbage for the homeless here. Right. Right. Well, you know what? I used to you know, and I I know the inside story of most of the agencies because you know. Um, the homeless are they're friends you know what I mean that's what they don't get I, I, you know they call us mom and dad and they mean it and so you know they tell me about what's going on at the other places and when I first come into this I used to rail against specific places and things that they did and then I realized that you know what well, it really shouldn't be doing that in that sense and so what I say is this about the agencies you know what I, I pray that everybody that does anything that does help the, the homeless or the poor gets a blessing for it and it's a blessing for anything that they actually do and I kind of leave it at that um, and then I just concern myself with what I do you know because I'm I want to be right and it's what it's about I've got to be right with my father but you know I'm not doing it because I believe I'm getting a reward I'm doing it because I could have did a lot of things when I came out of the world but I chose to serve him and in this manner of serving him I didn't do it for money I did it because I truly wanted to serve him um, special. So, you know, um, I get to serve the Lord, and I do it because I want to serve God, and because I'm thankful that he saved a sinful outlaw biker, corrupt man that I was, and he saved me, gave me a family, and restored me, and for that I am thankful. And that's why I serve the poor. And it's not out of want to get this or want to get that. You know, I got everything that I needed from him in the sense that I got everlasting, I'm going to have everlasting life when he returns. But, you know, I'm just thankful for that. So that's why I served the poor. 
Well, and that's the, you know, that goes back to the intent. It's not just the people that donate. It's the people that also, you know, serve up the food, hand out the clothes. Why are you doing it? You know, are you doing it because some judge sent you to do some community service or something? Or are you doing it because, you know, you, you want to help people? You know, you want to do what's right. You know, what, you know, what's your, what, what's your intent, too? You know, and I, I, sorry, I just don't see it at the agencies. Yeah, well, that's just because they're that. They're an agency, and it can be a church agency. It can be, you know, whatever. The other thing I, I want to get out real quick because i only got about a minute before we go is the, the other thing that really drives me crazy is because, you know, yeah, it's December. It's Christmas time. So you got all these people coming out of nowhere wanting to do this or that or pass out this or that to the homeless, you know, but where are they all year? You know what I mean? Um, where are they all year? We had some people call us and say, hey, uh, can we uh, give out some sandwiches at your place? And this was on Friday. And I said, well, under normal circumstances, I let anybody come down and give out whatever they want to do. I said, but, you know, we were actually more packed Friday than we were Thursday. And I said, do you want to do that or what? They said, well, we've got some little children we want to do it. I said, well, there's no room for them to even walk around in there. But if you want to bring your sandwiches down, we'll let you put them in the kitchen window and the people will come up and get them. They didn't want to do it because, you know, they were giving them away. You understand what I'm saying? They had to have that recognition, you I know. See. And uh, so I don't know where they gave their sandwiches away. I just pray that they gave them away someplace to bless the people. So well, I, so unless you can see my face giving away sandwiches, I don't want to give them to you. There you go. That's there great. You, go. Yeah, you know, hey, that's what I'm talking about. And these are people who think they're doing somebody a favor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I bet if you asked them, no, no, I'm, I'm trying to help. Oh yeah. well, then okay, help. Well, yeah, but you know, yeah. everybody's got to see me helping. Right. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna let you go, Frank, so I can get out of here. All righty, Dad. Thanks for having All me right. on. All right, folks. Tune in to him. It's the Frank Report. He's on American Voice Radio. He's on daily there, so check him out. He usually has some pretty frank things to say about things. Anyway. Folks, pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. Even though Thanksgiving's over with, we are in December, and December is our slowest month of the year, believe that, for donations. And while all the agencies will be closed on December 25th, the Wichita Mission Church will be open um, so that the people can have a place to get in uh, out of the, uh, the weather. Anyway, remember, there is only one God. That is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repentant sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. Pray uh, about supporting Wichita Mission Church. Always, always, always be a blessing to others. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, how can you not be a blessing to others? I don't understand it. People claim they're saved, but yet they're not a blessing. I don't get it. Okay, Lord our God, Father, King Universe, ask in Yeshua HaMashiach's name that the Father blesses and keeps you, and his face shines upon you, and is gracious to you, and gives you peace like no one or nothing else can. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time from Messiah's Branch.
burning out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, 
increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom resident herbalist Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. We're here to empower you here on Herb Talk Live. Thanks for joining us on the American um, Radio Network. I have a great show. Magical engineer Frank and I have a great show. We are going to be talking about blindness. Um, We are going to be looking at what can affect our quality of our vision. Uh, What are we doing? What could we be avoiding? And all that good stuff. And, you know, what we could take to perk up our eyes and and just, you know, brighten everything up. We're going to talk about that. Also, we didn't get to the beetroot last time, so we're going to talk about the beets. And we'll see how much time we have left. we got some other stuff, too. Uh, And a quack report. You know, goodness, it'll be January before we know it because time is just a-flying. But before we do the quacker, big salute and semper fried to righteous men and women in uniform, lifting them up in prayer, asking God's hand of protection on them as well as all of us here in America because we need it. We need protection. Have you not noticed the news? And we need wisdom and discernment. We need to plead for justice and truth because there's a lot of deception out there. So uh, we need the Lord's help with all that. And, uh, you know, we should be the squeaky wheel, and his will be done, but, you know, you will not receive if you do not ask. So, hitting the knees, seeking Lord's face, mind the time, because it is running out of time. So, mind yourself. Get to it. And without further ado, let's do the quack report. Thank you, Frank. What do we got in the quack report? Um, well, let's see. No. U.S. doctors are in the news. The new study did a survey. Uh, they felt U.S. doctors are getting burned out. Well, there's there's a revelation. They've always had high risk of that, but more than usual. 54% of U.S. doctors say they are um, have burnout symptoms uh, compared to, and that was 2014 compared to uh, 2011. It was just 46%. So they're concluding that doctors, that profession, has twice the likelihood of experiencing burnout than the average U.S. worker. So according to um, Dr. Trait Schattenfeld of Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, he says, uh, unfortunately, things are getting worse for physicians. 
Um, doctors took a survey, and, and they surveyed almost 7,000 of them, and 47% said they had high emotional exhaustion. 35% said that they felt depersonalized. In other words, their, they saw their work as being valued less. Uh, 16% felt they had a very low level of personal accomplishment. Why is that? Well, um, the burnout rates varied between the medical specialties. Um, the rates topping 60% were among the doctors in emergency medicine, family practices, urology, and rehab, and radiology. So doctors working in those fields uh, felt that uh, there's a big increase um, in their burnout rates in over the last three years. So 41% um, of all the doctors said they were satisfied, though. Uh, so 41% said that they're fine. Probably the older seasoned guys, you know, the ones that are, you know, they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, retirements around the bend. All right, moving along in the quack report. Uh-oh. Apparently, uh, AMA doctors, again in the news, they are going to be hit with a big gag order. Um, apparently, medical, the American Medical Association, not happy, not happy when doctors start telling things. Uh, yep, they, they, there's some stiff consequences now, the AMA say. Uh, they don't like shows like Dr. Oz. They just don't. Uh they call him the uh, pseudoscience guy. <laughs> okay. Well, so there's some ethical guidelines coming down the pike for the AMA physicians uh, when it comes to their media, uh, I guess, uh, exposure. So there's going to be uh, some, you know, you know, a line to walk, the balancing beam, if uh, doctors are going to be on radio, TV, being interviewed for newspapers, websites, and so forth. So um, here's the thing, though. You know, uh, doctors are dropping out of the AMA like, you know, no other. Uh, right now, uh, the AMA, 17% of all medical doctors are represented by the AMA. There's only 17% still you know, members. And most of those are, are given to medical students. You know, it's kind of just shoved on them, you know. So, um, but, you know, they, AMA still has weight on Capitol Hill, though. Mm -hmm. All right, last but not least in the quack report, vaccines versus viruses. Which would you rather have? Would you rather just get the virus naturally or would you rather have it via a syringe? You pick. Uh, well, this is an interesting little statistic here. Uh, the deaths of more than 100 children have been officially linked to receiving the measles vaccine during the past 10 years, according to a federal government's research and the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Those are the only ones that were reported, though. Say. Uh, childhood measles mortality could um, uh, well remains at zero, according to the data. And um, put another way, in the last 10 years, the Ameri an American child could have been uh, more likely to die after receiving the measles shot than contracting the disease itself. Because, you know, measles was on the way out because of better sanitation and so forth, and that's been proven, I don't know how many times. But people still line up for the vaccination. Do your homework, folks. Do your homework.
And that wraps the quack report. Thanks, Frank. Yes, the American Voice Radio Network. It's awesome. You are awesome, Frank. Frank's a little under the weather, but uh, he's going to get better. He's taking herbs. All right, we're going to be talking about defining blindness, you know, because the average person considers blindness to mean the inability to see light or objects or even just living in total darkness. However, there's varying degrees of blindness, and someone that is partially blind is considered to have, you know, blurry vision and objects are not in focus. But if someone is considered legally blind, it means their vision is so highly compromised that they may not be permitted to drive or operate machinery. So medicine defines legally blind as the visual field is a mere 20 feet compared to someone with healthy vision who can see at 200 feet away. So there is another form of blindness often mentioned by our creator. We're going to take a look at that too. So let's let's look and see what we can find out and how we can have healthier vision. You probably are aware of symptoms because it is more common to experience the onset of symptoms of vision loss before you actually have complete vision loss. Therefore, partial blindness most often precedes the total blindness. So if the eyes are not strengthened and detoxified, the vision deteriorates over time. Symptoms can be cloudy vision, inability to see shapes, uh, can see only shadows, poor night vision, or even tunnel vision. Let's look at some of the main causes, though, for vision loss. The eyes are, are not immune to disease, and we have plenty of eye disease to go around. So we're going to talk about a few things. It's not a complete list. The list is not going to include all the medical conditions that promote vision loss, but we're going to include the most common ones. Let's talk about cataracts because it's a major concern for anyone over the age of 40 years old. It's the world's leading cause of vision loss by 47.9%. And most people may not be told that they have the beginning of cataracts. They call them baby cataracts. You know, your eye doctors really don't think it's a big deal. And it's expected in older patients. So if the patient asks the right questions, their eye doctor will admit, well, they may see a bit of oxidation on their lens, but then they're told that it'll be years before anything needs to be done about it. I think this is a mistake. That's my opinion. Because it's much easier to reverse the baby cataracts than it is to wait for them to grow much larger. So modern medicine has really no remedy for getting rid of cataracts other than surgery with varying success rates. Well, let's look at glaucoma. It's another concern as we age in which, you know, pressure can affect the optic nerve responsible for carrying that visual signal to your brain. So glaucoma represents 12.3% of the visual impairment. Macular degeneration is another condition that robs the eye of its ability to see detail So presently, macular degeneration causes 8.7% of the vision impairment. So the optic neuritis condition is really inflammation of the optic nerve, and that can, uh, well, if it's not corrected, it can cause permanent loss of vision. So inflammation is a problem. Retinitis pigmentosa is also inflammation that damages the retina. Now, lazy eye is also on the list. It can be difficult to see details if you have a lazy eye, and if you don't correct that, it can lead to blindness. And tumors, which interfere with your retina and optic nerve, they can also cause the vision loss. 
So other events that can also cause blindness are injury, birth defects, eye surgery, diabetes by 4.8%, and stroke. Well, let's look at some of the medications that may be to blame for vision loss. Toxic chemicals can also cause vision loss. Medical science will address vision impairment with eyeglasses, surgery, or medication. And none of these options strengthen but weaken the eye. So a, a weakness will often lead to an additional vision loss. However, patients are under the impression that early diagnosis and medical treatment can prevent blindness when in most instances it just slows the progression but rarely prevents it. So if your eyesight is becoming progressively dimmer, the culprit could be your prescription medication. According to worstpills.org, a variety of drugs put our vision at risk. So drug side effects are really a drug-induced disease. You've got to get that straight. So toxic drug chemicals actually can and will compromise the cells of the eye and attack different functions of the eye. So there are 62 drugs that can promote glaucoma alone. So for instance, if you suffer uh, from dry eye or blocked tear ducts, it could uh, be from a drug that you're taking and you have drug toxicity. Eye drops to remove redness contain a lot of preservatives and those preservatives can help lead to glaucoma. Cortosteroids, the cortisone, the prednisone, uh, and also anti-cancer drugs are known to cause glaucoma. And the corticosteroids also lead to cataracts. So patients with macula edema are usually treated with steroids, and, um, which also you know, creates this steroid-induced cataract problem. So the cataracts do not go away if you stop using the drug. Now, medications for schizophrenia... Um, the antipsychotic drugs, and cancer medicines uh, can also cause cataracts. Botox injections in the vicinity of the eye can cause the eyelid to droop, reduce the function, and damage the cornea. And millions of people are prescribed alpha blockers like Flomax, which attack the iris. So current reports state aspirin therapy can also risk the eyes to conditions such as glaucoma and cataracts. How many people out there, you know, heart conditions are put on that aspirin therapy? Oh, it's just a baby aspirin. Well, in about 10 years, you won't be able to read the baby aspirin bottle. Well, let's look at the uh, toxic blood situation, because that's what we're dealing with. Prescription drugs poison the bloodstream. So the liver has to neutralize those toxins as best it can. So if you want to experience visual disturbances, the drugs that attack the retina will deliver that. So the drug toxins reach the retina through the blood supply to the eye. And the major drugs that will do this are prescribed for conditions such as malaria, rheumatoid arthritis, the flesh-eating parasites, the amoebas, and lupus. So the damage can be reversed upon stopping the medicines, but only in the early stage. Now, patients on these drugs who want to remain on them should be advised to have their eyes examined every six months. And women on breast cancer drugs, um, well, they can also experience retinal damage. Antibiotics can also harm the eyes when on prolonged use. 
So the drugs damage the optic nerve, causing visual field defects. Most iridologists can actually see if someone had been taking antibiotics because it leaves a rusty color spot on the iris. And men should try, uh, you know, pay attention to and do some research on your erectile dysfunction drugs because they cause blurred vision and increased light sensitivity. The FDA was asked in 2006 to include a black box warning on such drugs listing risk of optic nerve damage. It's called non-arteric ischemic optic neuropathy. So when with continued use on these erectile dysfunction medications, it can produce a sudden visual loss and it could lead to blindness. Another drug that caused optic nerve damage is the anti-tuberculosis drug Ambucethal. So if you'd like a more a complete list of drugs that you may be taking that could be risking your eyesight, you might want to check out worstpills.org and uh, see what their list is. Now, if you're on a, our newsletter list, you will get a hot link to that list page so you can uh, go down the drug list and see. Now, biblically speaking, the Bible uses a metaphor of being blind to describe someone who does not seek truth and is lacking understanding. So deception is everywhere in our world, and it seems like an endless task of searching out the truth. But we're told that the truth will set us free. Scripturally, it means that you won't be sinless, but you will be blameless. So always seek the truth. Now let's get down to some herbs that can help our eyes out. Uh, Eyebright is one of the herbs that most people mention. Uh, in most cases, it can help improve our vision with the nutrition in it. Ancient writings list this herb, eyebright, for cleansing the eye. So if you tend to suffer from bloodshot eyes, you may want to rinse your eyes with a solution of eyebright herb instead. Herbalists and the Chinese believe that upon oral consumption of eyebright, it stimulates the liver to release its stored vitamin A to assist the eyes. Well, this hasn't been scientifically confirmed. However, the herb does brighten the eye, and it helps to remove microbes. Eyebright also contains its own vitamin A, as well as vitamin B, zinc, riboflavin, niacin, as well as some other important nutrients. So you will often see eyebright paired with golden seal for added antibacterial action, Herbalists will sometimes add bayberry or red raspberry as an astringent to reduce inflammation and to improve circulation to the eye to help remove more toxins. So, you know, blood brings healing, brings in nutrition, takes away toxins. So you want to protect your eyes, and you don't want to pollute the blood with a lot of toxic drugs. So before embarking on a course of prescription drugs and risking the health of your eyes, why not research your natural options? So if you're looking for a quality organic herbal eye wash, you might want to call the folks at Apothecary Herbs. They do have an herbal eye wash formula. It does contain the eye bright. It does have the golden seal and bayberry and other ingredients, which are just awesome. And if your eyes need you know, better circulation, you might want to consider some of their circulatory heart formulas. If the eyes require a little bit more nutrition, their body foundation food mix will do the job. And men... Before using the erectile dysfunction drugs, you might want to check out the male hormone herbal formula at Apothecary Herbs. So you have some natural options, and it won't put you at risk of the drug-induced disease. So give them a call, 
Get a free catalog. If you're outside the U.S., dial 704-885-0277. That's 704-885-0277. Or you can visit them on the website, thepowerherbs.com. Thepowerherbs.com. You can type in herbtalklive.com and get there, too. And that's where your health care options just became endless. Check it out. So, oh, if you're on there, don't forget to sign up for the newsletters. They are free, and they go out each week. And you'll get highly important health information, herbal information, that will just empower you. That's what it's about, empowerment. In this day and age, don't you want to feel more empowered? I know I do. So uh, check that out. Uh, You can sign up for the American Survival Newsletter that goes out on Tuesday, and the Health Quest goes out on Friday. So that one's going out tomorrow. So if you want to sign up, do get on the list. You can just put it in the shopping cart and check out. It's zero balance and you will get added to the mail list. Of course, it's opt-in, opt-out anytime you want, uh, but it is an empowering thing. All right, I know. we got a few minutes before we have to take our first break, so I want to I wanna talk, to, um, talk to you about the beetroot. The beetroot, um, ancient Rome, well, the beet was considered an aphrodisiac. Mmm, symbol of love. But uh, it has a sweet taste. Um, beetroot is considered, you know, almost a perfect food. In the 19th century, Europeans developed the sugar beet, and it's still used as a sweetener for baking. Uh huh. So the beet, it's known as a beta vulgaris. It is, it has evolved. It really has, uh, from what experts can tell, from the ancient uh, wild sea beet to what we have today. So let's take a look and see what beets can do for us. Well, there's a nutritional profile, absolutely, on beets. A um, lot of nutritional elements. A lot of them are just, uh, well, it would make any, any uh, food source envious. According to nutrition, the nutritionalists, beets have beta-carotene to help stimulate the skin to defy your aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also believed that it um, has some silicon elements in it that strengthen your skin and helps it resist the wrinkles. It prevents the sagging and promotes healthy hair. Uh, Beets also contain magnesium, sodium, potassium, and vitamin C and um, helps our bodies advance, uh, get rid of toxins, um, lowers bad cholesterol, and prevents cancer cells. That's what science is saying. So this is probably why the beauty industry is adding beets to skincare products. That's probably it. Right? Absolutely. And, you know, if you eat raw beets, they got a, that metallic taste to them, a lot of minerals. Uh, when you cook them, it changes that a little bit, um, but lots of minerals in our beets. So there are some internal benefits. The benefits that we can get from uh, beets when we eat them internally, uh, instead of slathering them on our face, um, beets have been declared a food that helps us lose weight. It's a slimming food. And, you know, hey, have you not noticed the TV commercials lately for all the weight loss stuff? It's all, you know, usually you don't see that until after Christmas. But, you know, it gets into New Year's. After New Year's, you get the weight loss stuff. All the exercise equipment is pushed and the gym memberships and the food plans to, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the diet aids. 
right? To lose weight. Who knew? All you had to do is get some beets, right? All right. Beets have the highest sugar content of any vegetable, which can be juiced or added to your vegetable citrus juices. Um, It'll naturally sweeten them. Um, It will satisfy your sweet tooth, if you have one, without causing any guilt, any calorie counting. Uh, Beets are also low in fat and calories and also low in carbohydrates that, you know, tend to affect that blood glucose level. So it helps you to stabilize your blood sugar level. Isn't that great? Uh, According to nutritionist Mark uh, Killick, beets contain a few important compounds called uh, betatine and methanine. And these compounds support liver detoxification and prevent an accumulation of toxins and fats from forming in the liver and the rest of the body. So if you have a fatty liver, guess what? You're you're in the car on the way to the store for beets, right? Mm. This is how beets can help you with your weight management issues. It helps the body dump the fat. And you've probably heard if you have a fatty liver, it's hard to lose weight. Well, there you go. What's really impressive is that the nutrients that you find in beets prevent um, you from feeling tired and sluggish um, because it has that vitamin B, the folate, keeps you going, Uh, prevents mood swings. Know anybody that's kind of, you know, manic? Get them some beets. Uh, If you have digestive problems, you're going to want some soluble fiber, and beetroot is uh, loaded with that helps with good flora in the digestive tract prevents colon cancer they say and lowers the bad ldl cholesterol level wow can it get any better hmm you got when you when you read stuff like this you you just have to see the brilliance of the creator right well let's look at some of the studies um, a couple studies out of the UK suggest that your beetroot juice will boost your metabolism and give you lots of stamina. According to their study at the University of Exeter and also in uh, Peninsula Medical School, the beets help you exercise 16% longer and lowers the nitrate and reduces your oxygen uptake to make exercise less tiring. What? Really? And you know what? We put beetroot in the body food mix, which you just throw into juice or make a smoothie with. Take that before you exercise. Oh, music. Got to take a little break. We'll be right back. Come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Into the original medicine 
Herbalist Wendy Wilson will be right back. As men get older, they are subject to hormone imbalance. And when this happens, men can experience osteoporosis, memory loss, irritability, blood sugar imbalance, weight gain, enlarged prostate, erectile dysfunction, and risk of stroke. The human endocrine system manufactures hormones. Why not feed your system plant nutrition to make the hormones that are right for you? For centuries, these herbs have been used to balance the male hormone system. Men, you've waited long enough for the male hormone formula. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 for the male hormone formula. 866-229-3663 or online at thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663 where your healthcare options just became endless. I don't trust anyone wearing a mask. Robbers, cattle rustlers, or doctors. I listen to Herb Talk Live. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the www.thepowerherbs.com.
here on Herb Talk. I'm Herbalist Wendy Wilson. We're talking about the amazing beetroot and what all it'll do for you. Uh, right before the break, we were talking about some of the studies that they have discovered how it can assist the body. New research is expected to actually change uh, athletic training um, and also some health care for the elderly because there's this potential. This research has um, shown there's a lot of health benefits um, to not only the cardiovascular system, but the respiratory system as well when you use beets. So, you know, people in nursing homes, in intensive care, so they're thinking, you know, hey, we might want to tap into some beetroot here. So in the uh, study, eight men between the ages of 19 to 38 were given 50 milliliters of organic beet ju- juice, beetroot juice. They gave it to them every day for six consecutive days and they were cycling. They were, you know, monitoring their cycling on their exercise test. And they test, after they were done testing, they were also given another group of placebo. So when the group, the group that was getting the beetroot juice, they were able to cycle an average of 11.25 minutes or 92 seconds longer than on those on the placebo. So 11.25 minutes or um, more than the folks that were taking the placebo. So this is, a, a they said, a 2% difference. And when you're taking your beetroot juice, men had lower resting blood pressure as well. So the studies uh, appeared in the Journal of Applied Physiology, and it follows a previous study that was done by the London School of Medicine uh, that was published in 2008, and also the American Heart Association Journal picked up on that. It was regarding beetroots and hypertension. So where beetroot juice reduces blood pressure, hey, that's big news, right? Now, in Germany, there were actually several studies that were done, uh, and they all proved that your beetroot shows um, uh, slowed the, the growth of cancerous tumors, Uh, So if you take it every day, it has some sort of cancer preventative action. So you can add that to your dandelion root and wham. Uh, The nutrition of antioxidants, the flavonoids, the ascorbic acids, and the natural iron um, actually oxygenate the cancer cells, and it destroys them because they don't like that. Yeah, when you get natural iron, not synthetic supplement iron, but real iron, uh, your blood is able to hold on to more oxygen longer cancer cells don't like that all right so what does this mean well um they were kind of exposing some of the really great secrets to beetroot researchers are really not sure what is the actual uh trigger exactly what causes um the nitrate in the body to drop and boosts your stamina they are speculating the nitrate turns into nitric oxide thereby reducing the oxygen requirement during exercise According to Professor Andy Jones, he's the co-author of the study, he says, we were amazed by the effects of beetroot juice on oxygen uptake because these effects cannot be achieved by any other known means, including including training. So even if people are trained uh, athlete, athletics, um, they don't see the same results. So you add some beetroot, and there you go. Um, one other thing medical science discovered about beet is that it contains natural vitamin B, which is excellent for anemia, and especially for cancer patients. Mm-hmm. 
So beetroot juice has the ability to rebuild the blood in 24 hours. I've mentioned that before, oh, a couple hundred times. So the secret is to use raw beets if you want to build the blood up like that. Don't cook them. Use the raw, juice them, but make sure they're raw. Uh, so if you have blood pressure issues, drinking beetroot juice reduces blood pressure within an hour. But it's got to be raw juice, okay? So obviously modern medicine has been tapping into some of the natural things, discovering some of God's secrets hmm, that he'll let them know about. Beetroot juice is really excellent for every organ in the human body. So we were just talking about eye health. Get you some beets. Beets, beets. Um, we, we talk about the vitamin A and the carrots. Hey, don't forget the beets if you want to improve vision. So um, another thing that beets do, if you tend to have a gallbladder that kind of wants to ping every once in a while, uh, get some beets. It perks up your gallbladder, helps it out. Um, I like to add barberry bark to that. Not bayberry, but barberry bark. It helps calm any kind of spasming from the gallbladder. Um, so if you, if you have a gallbladder, you might want to do some organ cleansing, and you can cleanse the liver too. Uh, there's a proper way to do that, though. You just don't want to just jump in there. you got to learn how to do that properly, and it's not rocket science. It's really quite simple. Uh, if, you wanna, if you're on the powerherbs.com website, you just click on Healthy Guidelines and then click on Cleansing link, and it'll show you how you got to do that in order for it to be done successfully and safely. So, um, because if you cleanse uh, without, well, you can, get a, you can get toxins trying to exit the body too quickly and they don't have a place to go if you haven't cleansed, uh, let's say, the bowel or the urinary tract first and, uh, and they can, you get a backlog and then you can feel worse. Uh, so you want to cleanse properly. Um, one of the other things, the beetroots, the greens are a great source. You want to keep them on top if you're juicing them. Um, uh, they contain anti-aging pigments. And anti With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.